So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to this. This is Machibili, a long-time critiquing partner in crime, Ricardo Medina. Hello, hello, hello. And this is another episode of Players Beats and Bailey. And at the time of this recording, um, it's technically the day after the the, the grand wedding of uh, Mr. Prince Harry and Mrs. Meghan Markle. And in case you're wondering, <laughs> no, we don't really care. Um, I All right, so personally for me, this is just like a, a brief, brief little thing about it, right? So I don't go crazy when it comes to royal weddings at all. I, I don't, right? It's a news report. Mm-hmm. I see it, it happening. Okay, whatever, right? Um, not familiar with Meghan Markle at all. I've never watched Suits before. Do intend to anytime soon. But I was like, oh, okay, well, she's going to marry this dude. Okay, that's that's awesome. Basically, the highlight is that um, there were a surprising, well, not a large amount, but just a reasonable amount of black people in the audience well, in that church where um, the jo- St. George's Chapel, basically, where they got married yesterday. Um, in particular, one, uh, well, there was a, a preacher, actually, well, a pastor from um, from Chicago. I forgot his name. His name escapes me at the moment. But uh, I saw the speech that he did. And yes, it did go on for quite a long while. And you just kept talking about love and love and love and love and love. And love is what's going to shape the world and impact the world. But it was a black pastor in a British church talking about love, Dread. And it's kind of awesome when you think about it, right? I, I only think, the only thing I noticed about um, people references that were just Elba was this and all, the, all these other British celebrities. So like, all right, cool. Yeah. My mother was following this for how much months now, whatever it is. So that's the reason I kind of know by periphery. Um, right. That's it. And then, well, the, another thing I keep uh, referencing is that Harry Bear game was on point. <laughs> nice about it. <laughs> I don't think I noticed about this whole ordeal. I know what you would do. Yeah, uh, yeah well, it's like this royal bullshit. Like, you know, is uh, yeah, Harry you and she, mean, she kind yeah. of follow. You know, the reason people care is because Diana dead 20 years now. So True, true, so like, true. Yeah. You know, they need, they need a new royal something to talk about now. So, like, Harry, well, they have a new Diana. And the last one, I think, is busy him. The older son wife. Nobody uh, care about she, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Pippa? Pippa is she name or I forget which one. Whatever. I, I, I can't remember. But, yeah. But yeah, I mean, they, they, try to make, they try to make she a thing, but nobody care. Yeah. So, well, apparently, Markle is like, you had to put in, spice it up a little bit and, you know, make a big deal out of it. So, whatever. Yeah. But, you see, for me, That's though, like, um, like, I, like, I just watch highlights of it. Um, I, I may I may have um, downloaded a, a particular torrent which um, had the whole coverage of it and just kind of okay. skimmed through it in um, four to sixteen x speed. So I just saw the major moments like um, that that pastor that I mentioned before. Uh, great yeah, it's not, I was saying, just ran way too long. Um, that that cellist, that nineteen year old cellist, um, played for like right. about ten minutes. I just kind of skimmed through that. I mean, everything looked good, and you know the horse and carriage stuff. True, true England. I mean, it was it was cool. No, well, but that is, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's a it's a, a long running a long running cottage industry in in Britain. No? So yeah. you know you need a wedding, and you know, people in a good royal wedding now while, and they make it they make it up, well quote unquote controversial enough because she black and she American and it's a whole deal. So whatever. Yeah, I mean for what? Oh, she had black, mean, but she didn't look that black. I, I know, right? I know, right? Yeah, yeah. she she, she was that black, perfect enough. Yeah, but I mean, it was what it was, but uh, you can bet that they're going to be talking about this shit all week, all week. If it's not the yeah, bride yeah, or the groom, they can talk yeah, about it. Yes, as I mean? say, BBC have nothing. BBC yeah. have nothing to show or talk about, so it's like, well, they have a wedding. You know? But um, as, what, I say, as I say, they ain't had Diana in a while, so they, yeah. they had to get back some lighter. Right, but while all that was going on, um, I was doing two things. One, 
I recapped um, the first Deadpool movie. Um, right. And then I went to see the second Deadpool movie, which is what we're going to be talking about in today's um, broadcast. Uh, reason yeah. being is because, well, you know, you have to ask that question. Uh, does the sequel really, is the sequel better than the original? You know? Right. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about that once we once we get to that, our review of that film. But yeah, I just saw the, the broadcast. Show, uh, it was live at you, streaming live on YouTube. Eh? Shocking, I know. Right. And by the time I, I put on the I put on my laptop, that was around like um half seven or there, but that's when the cellist was there playing. It's like, oh okay, black cellist, whatever. And then I just I just pulled up um Deadpool, start watching it, and you know, the rest is history. Right. But yeah, but moving along from that royal wedding shenanigans, right? So um along with Deadpool two, we are also gonna talk about um season two. Uh, finally, finally I could get a chance to talk about it. Mm. Season two of um Atlanta by ETL. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, um, season two of the surprisingly decent um series from Netflix, Dear White People. Yeah, yeah. But um, you didn't get around to seeing that, so uh, no. I will. I will talk about that, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we'll start things off with uh, Dear White People season two, right? Now, um, I saw the the first season. Um, enjoyed it, not as much yeah. as I wanted to. But, you know, that's just because I felt that the ending was a little too anticlimactic. It just... But then, but then when... Well, I actually recapped that, that, um, that first season. And it kind of made sense right. the second time around. Um, and this basically is like the, the strength of the show as well. You know, um, it's basically these characters always wanting to do the right thing. Or assuming that they're doing the right thing. And the, circum- the circumstances that basically shaped them um, even before they went into the, the university... Is what kind of leads right. them to do what they think is the right thing, but then something kind of happens, and then it does not work out the way how they, the way how they expected to. So it just kind of ends like that. And where season one ended was uh, basically where they were having this protest. Um, these um, rich businessmen wanted to merge um, a particular area of the um, of the house. Well, sorry, of the university, the um, the Armstrong Parker House, basically. So. Right. Um, there was like this protest and there was basically this, this discussion that was going on at um, one of the particular houses. So there were like two or three different protests going on outside, right? Just for different issues, right? Um, the leader of one of one of the protests, um, this is Samantha White, who is played by Logan Browning. Um, this was more yeah. about, you know, usual stuff about race and whatnot. Because in season one, they kind of established that, yes, she does speak out a lot about um, racial issues not just affecting the university but also the United States as well and just the mere fact right. that she's biracial this makes things all the more ironic and interesting right. at the same time right but, uh, that, that, yeah exactly that, that's the, the, from the movie yeah. and in season one they, they, that's the, the real the real um, reference point like the, the, the racial social political stuff was just the pull yeah. and then the character driven stuff later on especially with her and her dad the yes. white father actually yeah. Right, make draw that movie quite well. Um, played brilliantly, in my opinion, by Tessa Thompson. Yes, and I will talk yeah. about Tessa Thompson in a bit. Don't worry, we'll talk about her. Right, right. Um, uh, so the girl, uh, the girl that got to replace her in the in the acting role, I thought was solid. Yeah, uh, she, she's solid. I mean, she looks great for one thing. I, right. I, I can't even yeah. lie. She looks great, but she could also act her ass off. I would not like she right. Um Also, we have you know, well, she has a white boyfriend, Gabe Mitchell. Who is played by right. um, John Patrick um, Amadori? I think that's how you pronounce his surname. Um, right, he was the same guy in the movie. I um, can't remember. 
No, he was not. He, he was not. Okay, okay. Right. See. Um, and what I liked about him is that he was, you know, because he has to deal with the fact that one, he has a black girlfriend, and two, people kind of look down at him because he's black. Sorry, he's white. Sorry, but he does show interest in what Samantha and her friends are fighting for, basically, you know, which is uh, racial equality, right? And her friends in right. particular are um, Troy Fairbanks. That was um, her ex-boyfriend. Uh, he's played by Brandon P. Bell. He is the um, the son of the Dean um, Fairbanks, who is played by Oba Babatunde. Um, right. We have Lionel Higgins, who's played by um, Deron Horton. We have one of my favorite characters, um, Colandria Connors or Coco Connors, who's played by Antoinette um, Robertson. Yeah, so you know he he see, he is interested in the 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 um, you know the talk, right? The the struggle and whatnot. He doesn't want to be oblivious to it, and it's not to say that everyone on campus is oblivious to it. They are aware of what's going on as well. It's just that some people, like um, one of the guys who runs this particular uh, magazine called the Pastiche. Who Sam kind of accuses of being racist, you know, he's like, well, yeah. you know, you just, you just reason, you know, you just want to cause chaos, you just making trouble for us, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's just anti-white kind of stuff, you know. But it's not really like that, even though because of her her passion and because the way how she comes off, it may come off as like this anti-white kind of thing. So anyway, so um, where the last seasons um stopped was where basically um Lionel who um found out the truth about what these businessmen wanted to do um, and basically just spread this information out to everybody on campus and at the process, I, I, while that was going on Troy at the time was just furious and in a kind of pseudo um, do the writing moment he smashes the door to one of the um, the yeah. glass door of one of the one of the, the houses yeah. basically right You're not, right. this came, is the end of the season yeah I remember yeah, this police guy. came arrested him and that just kind of stopped everything in his tracks right and everybody else just kind of came back home and felt like, oh shit, we, we kind of just feel here because, you know, just shit just happened, you know, shit that we just did not expect at all. So, cut now to season two now, and um, basically we just seen the aftermath of what happened here. So, Troy was released by the police, uh, his dad is more more or less kind of reminding him that, yes, it's, it's going to be hard for us because we're black and whatnot. And right now, Troy is just, he just kind of in his own will right now he doesn't really know what to do he doesn't know where to go you know he, he doesn't have a direction he doesn't have a path anymore he just kind of um hangs out with with white kids and takes drugs and whatnot so he just he, he brains just fucked right now right um yeah while at the same time now because of what happened at that house that particular house that got smashed in thanks to troy uh there was a fire actually well so so that house got burned down um, which is funny because it, they didn't really show that um, happening basically, but it does remind me of um, of of do the right thing basically with you know that that pizzeria and what happened there because of the race right right. So because of that and that house was predominantly white. Now the white students have to come to Armstrong Parker, which was predominantly black. So yes, now yeah. we have some inter interracial stuff going on, and because Troy just doesn't really know what to do. He just like you know what fuck it I just gotta have sex with white chicks because I could because I'm handsome um because I'm handsome and whatever um and also from last season um well his girlfriend anytime Coco ended up leaving him because she just find that he was a prick <laughs> so she is just basically trying to hold her own because they were both part of this um specific uh group this black um sorority basically right. And she's like basically trying to hold down that that leadership basically, right? While while all this drama with the with the interracial stuff is going on, 
Uh, meanwhile, Samantha still kind of feeling bad because, yes, there was a falling out between her and Gabe, and Gabe left her at the same night of the protest. So she take she took that very hard. It's like you know this was the most important night of my life, which would be the worst night of my life, and you left me there, you know. So she's yeah. trying to deal with it. Um, at the same time, we have um, we have Reggie Green, who is played by Mark A. Richardson. He was yeah, well, he's playing the same character that he did from um, which he played, sorry, um, from the movie, the twenty fourteen movie, right? Uh, he is always this kind of tough, sour-faced looking character. He always has this kind of look of sarcasm in his eyes, just like. Yeah, you're talking about equality and you know rights and all that kind of stuff, but you know it's all bullshit. You know, you know, you know, black people still gonna suffer anyway, right? So whatever, right? So because from what happened in the the um, the middle of the first season, where through some circumstances, where um, where well, it just basically started off with this white friend of his in a party, um, seeing the N word when it was playing in a song, and that just escalated into this whole scene where the police came. And, you know, basically just had Reggie at gunpoint. And then we learn later on that Gabe was the one who called the cops on him and all that kind of stuff. But he just didn't know that it was going to lead to that point. So, yeah, he's still shook, shooken up, sorry, about uh, what happened with him um, being at gunpoint by the police. So he has to go, he has to, uh, he has to go to the psychiatrist, basically. He sees every once in a while, he might see like a, like a cop, like a security cop there. And you'll just remember that that night and all that kind of stuff. So it does affect him. Um, yeah. And Troy and all is just like telling them, well, you know what, here's what, here's some white chicks, you know, just bury yourself in some pussy, you know, basically, but just to paraphrase him and he'll forget about it. So essentially, it's just all the major characters trying to move on. Um, we also have Lionel Higgins. If you remember from the movie itself, he was played by um, uh, that kid. Uh, Chris. Who played, yeah, Chris. Everybody hates Chris. Everybody yeah. hates Chris. Tyler James Williams, yeah. who, also, yeah. who also shows up in the season, but I'll talk about that in a bit. Right. Um, so he is dealing with the fact, well, he was working with this um, editorial magazine as well. Um, and his boss, who is openly gay, and in that first season, just like in the movie, he was struggling with trying to, you know, to to um, to basically accept his own sexuality, like, to accept the fact that he is gay. Right. So in the final episode, his boss kisses him, right? So there's this subplot going on where um, he's trying to start this relationship with the boss, but the boss kind of playing... You know, he wants to be... He, he can't be a boss and a boyfriend at the same time now. So right. it's like a little too much on on, um, on Lionel. So Lionel finds um, some other guy. Um, I think it's like a another Asian guy. But um, I think he is Asian. Yeah, if, if I remember. Right. And they do start this, this relationship as well too. Um, but basically what the whole season is about is that they learn eventually... Well, the major characters learn that there are these secret societies that have been established in the school ever since it was... Well, ever since the school was established, sorry, there was these um, secret societies. Um, it started off with, with this these white secret society, basically. There was a bunch of white secret societies there, uh, one of which in particular wanted to prevent blacks from coming in. There was even... Right. I think that group in particular was, you know, studying slaves at the time, and it was, you know, um, kind of inspecting them and talking about just um, scientifically and, you know, how... How black people will just never rise up now. They'll never be smart. They can never do good, you know. They'll always be subservient to white people. And then later on, throughout the years, like in the, from the 50s go up, uh, black people came in and then they formed their own secret society as well too. And it kind of affects the future of the, the, um, of the college itself. And I'll leave it at that. 
So, um, strengths. Just like with the first season, this um, this series is beautifully shot. Um, I love the cinematography in this. If there's one thing that, that I love, well, uh, uh, something that kind of stood out to me from since the first season, but I see it more here, is the idea of what's in the background. You know, there's always something going on. Yes. Whether it's the aesthetic or like the, whether it's the, the aesthetic of the room itself or like what the, um, or what the room, what, 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 what is in the room basically, you know, just where, the, where characters are, what it says about the characters, what's being hidden, you know, basically. And, you know, when they bring up that whole thing about the secret societies, it's more like that. It's just like something being hidden and it's right in front of your eyes, basically, right? So it's like that. Oh, I forgot to mention too, um, with the subplot with Lionel. Well, because of what he learned from season one, he's trying to figure out, he's he's more or less trying to piece together why this thing happened, why these rich white people suddenly want to integrate this house, you know, because he feels like there's this big ulterior motive now, but his boss is just like, you can't really talk about that. Um, it's not newsworthy stuff. Nobody cares, but you know he just keeps prodding. He just keeps digging, and then eventually he does learn the truth. And I'll just say the the um, in the finale, well, the last shot I would say is actually quite clever. A little meta on 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 what they do there, but it's right. it's, it's kind of clever. But uh, uh, it left me kind of wondering what to expect with Volume Three because I don't know. Like when that moment happens, it's kind of like okay. It kind of makes sense, but it kind of doesn't make sense. All I would just say, it involves a particular character who you thought was just in the background, but was just basically right in front of you. No, right, basically right in front of you. I didn't even know. That's all I would say about that. So yeah, um, like I said, uh, visually it looks stunning. Um, I love the cinematography. I love the camera angles, all that stuff. Um, the acting is on point. Uh, Logan Browning kills it again. Um, everybody kills it again. I mean, there's 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 little to no. Um, bad performances in this um everybody feels real you know what i mean everybody feels authentic yeah. it's very contemporary as well too and i think um I, uh, I think you mentioned with the last when the last time when we talked about season one if they were going to be contemporary now you know given the the social climate now and for the right. most part it is you know it doesn't feel dated it doesn't feel like oh well we recorded this or oh, sorry we shot this before trump and before trump got into power sorry it feels right much yeah because the first the first season right the first season was kind of clouded by the trump election somewhat yeah yeah and that, well, that yeah and so i was wondering how they're going how do the, the trajectory going to change in its way yeah. going to season two now right but i but i thought for the most part they do that well man um all right, and now I remember who the person's name is. Uh, Joelle, that is Samantha's friend. Uh, she's played by right. Ashley Blaine Featherson. Um, she was also in the original film as well, right? Um, I thought that she was great as well. Um, there is this little subplot with her where she is making friends. Well, basically trying to make friends with Gabe because Gabe, as well, I didn't mention this, but Gabe is doing a documentary on um, on racism in the, the, the university itself. So, you know, he interviews Coco, he interviews Joel, he interviews Lionel, um, he interviews um, Troy as well. And there is a particularly powerful episode where he's interviewing Samantha White. Um, starts off where he goes into, you know, you know, basically, well, she's she's this radio DJ, so she has her show, Dear White People. Um, and I'll talk about that as well, too, that, that show itself. Right, so he goes into that studio booth and he's doing the interview. But because, remember, they, they, they split up from last season, so there is this very emotionally, like, gut-wrenching argument that they have now. 
and you know right. why why it's so gut wrenching is because you kind of get to understand why Samantha's so angry, why she's always so adamant about putting white people in the place now. And then Gabe is like, well, you know what? I understand that, but you can't be you can't be pushing people away. You know what I mean? Cause it always comes off like that. Like she has so much to say about everybody else, but when it comes to her, she always keeps herself kind of locked in. There, you know what I mean? And she just he kind of just wants her to come out. You know, to reveal her flaws, basically, right? So yeah, that that episode. I'm not gonna say which one it was so incredibly powerful for me. Um, anyway, how it ends. All I will say it involves Sam's father. That's all I will say about right. that. But that was like a gut punch for me, boy. Um, another gut punch in the, <laughs> in the series actually was with Miguel Coco, because um, slight spoiler, um, it's revealed that she is pregnant. Right? She's not too sure okay. who the, the father is. Um, she relies on her friend Kelsey, who once again is played by um, Nia Ju- uh, Javier or Javier. Or I forget how you pronounce it. Javier, it's Javier, whatever, right, right. She, well, she, Javier about him, yeah. <laughs> Well, it's G-E-R-V-I-E-R, so forgive me if I pronounce it wrong. Um, she's I-E- the one with... I-E-R. I-E-R, yeah. Yeah, she's the one with... Yeah, right? I have here, like Javier about him. Right, Javier, Javier, okay. So, Nia mm-hmm. Javier, who plays um, Kelsey Phillips, she was also in the original movie as well. And yes, she is the one with Trini Roots. And there's this particularly great moment where she breaks off and she talks Trini... Because she was trying to, you know, um, because Coco was feeling down and out now. So she was just like, you know, I hear I'm going to make you feel better. So I got to give you some Kalaloo and some this. And she do it in a Trini accent now. It, yeah, although okay. it kind of sound a little off. A little off. Like not yeah, little pure off, yeah. Trini, you know. It, it sounds like she just came down to Trinidad, hear people talk, and then went back up and figured that's how we talk now. But just her breaking out of character and doing that whole Trini thing and mentioning um, Kalu and stuff. That, that was a that was a great moment. I think she said Roti too. I'll, I'll laugh at that. That was a, that was a real nice moment. Um, yeah. So what else? Yeah. Um, so yeah, she's there as well. But that particular scene, that particular um, episode with Coco though. Um, <laughs> okay, so I don't want to spoil everything that happens basically, but you do get like this flash forward where um, she has her daughter and you see her going into the same college as well. And, you know, it's just that optimism that Coco has because, you know, Coco has always always had these big dreams now, but she just always felt that because she was dark-skinned and, you know, people didn't want to be, you know, people didn't want to... Like, people wanted to be friends with her for one thing. And she had a lot of white friends because she could play into that, that, um, that, that... she could play into that field basically. But when it comes to relationships, however, though, um, especially with black men, she always kind of felt let down when they more favored the light skinned girls, which is why she always had that kind of um, she always had that kind of bad vibes towards Samantha. And I remember in um, remember in the first season where the show when Sam and Coco were friends and how they split up and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it kind of continues there, but they do kind of make back up in the season here. But basically, that that episode with her being pregnant has one of the biggest gut punches I have seen. It's more like, you know, like one of those shows where basically they just kind of set up something so optimistic and they just pull the rug right on, on their feet and they say, eh, yeah. that's not going to happen. That's not what happened. So basically they do that on you and it's just like, God damn, wow, that hurts, right? Um, so yeah, so uh, with the characters, though, I love how the major players, you know, Troy, Lionel, Calandriel, Reggie, Gabe, they are uh, fleshed out as well too. And what I love about these characters, for better or for worse, is how imperfect they are. They are flawed. 
You know what I mean? Pe- they, they all make bad decisions, right? But it's not like terrible, terrible decisions. Like, for, for example, a character who might talk about, yes, yes, I'm all pro-black, might go and sleep with a white person just like that, you know? Right, the right. reasons might be real shallow, but at the same time, it's just like, well, I kind of get, you know what I mean? Why, 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 why judge your whole, you know, sexual sexuality and who you sleep with or whatever it is just because of skin color, you know? So you could go into all that detail, but still, I know some people might look at it and be like, well, you know, you're just kind of contradicting yourself. But to me, that to me, that's kind of the beauty of the show, now. that's how imperfect and how uh, kind of slightly contradictory those characters are, you know what I mean? Um, what else? Music. I thought the music was great as well too. I, I heard my boy Tyler the Creator. I heard a song from him from his um album right. from last year. I heard a song from Brockhampton, who I mentioned as well in my best of um, list from last year. Yeah, I heard a couple. Well, sorry, a track from from that group. A couple other you know uh, musical choices as well. Um, some nice little jazzy moments here or there. Kind of reminded me of like say a Terence Blanchard stuff that you would hear from a Spike Lee movie as well. And you know, yes, there is that Spike Lee influence. It was there in the first one. There is that Stanley Kubrick influence. It was there as well, especially with the use of classical music. It continues here. Um, also, just speaking of Spike Lee, it does have that same kind of school days kind of vibe. You know, just these black students, you know, just students in general trying to get by, trying to get along and all that kind of stuff. And it's kind of funny that um, that Samantha, or at least Logan Browning, does have a kind of Tisha Campbell look to like she looks like a very yeah, young yeah. Tisha Campbell. She's like, ha, you know, kind of funny. Yeah. Um, the narratives, though, I thought, you know, for the worst, sorry, for the for the most part, were, were, were you know, fleshed out very well, just like in the last season. Oh, yes, I forgot to mention, too. There is a subplot involving Samantha White as well. There is a troll, an internet troll, who kind of bashes her Dear White People radio show. Um, right. So that troll has a show of his own or her own, sorry, called Dear Right People. Um, it's basically like this website, basically like this, um, yeah, like a like a website, basically, right? So, um, in the subplot itself, that person is just throwing a whole bunch of racial slurs at uh, at Samna, you know, calling her like a racist nigger and all that kind of stuff, and just right. things to just bring her down, now, you know, because they know how influential she is. And it does lead to that moment where she breaks down in front of Gabe and they have that argument, you know. So it's more or less fueled by this um, troll. And even Lionel is trying to figure out who the troll is. Now, I'm not going to say who the troll is, but it's kind of shocking. Uh, what I wish, however, though, is that um, we could have gotten a more solid conclusion. It just kind of, just like in the last season, it just kind of stops. Like, there's this event that takes place and it basically it's with... Um, with a, a talk show host. Well, actually, it was two talk show hosts that was supposed to come true. Um, one of which was played by uh, by Tyler James Williams himself. Um, seeing okay. him with a mustache was kind of funny. So um, he has this talk show, and he had this interviewee who was no uh, who was um, Tessa Thompson of all people, right? Um, okay. She plays uh, the character of Ricky Carter, right? And she essentially is like Sam in a way. And this is great, great, great moment in the. Um, in the season finale where both of them kind of confront each other so sam has this kind of agenda to bring her down because you know of something that she said basically about the about the university about black people all that kind of stuff and just yes. the confrontation together was on point now because they kind of played off like ricky knows sam um samna because ricky was right. sam at that point in time she was she did right, speak right, on right. about her mind and all that kind of stuff now so she kind of played herself to be 
a bigger and better version of Sam. Like you can't do anything because eventually yeah. uh, you're gonna be like I, me. I'm you. F- yeah. I'm you from the future. Exactly, it's like that. It's like yeah, I'm, I'm you, you from but the from the future. You can't do anything to yeah. me, you know. And that was a yeah. great, great, great moment. I, I was like, holy shit, testing this shit. Right. Wait, what? Okay. Yeah. Right. I'll give it a, right. Okay. That that's uncool. Yeah, but once again, and this is just my a flaw, but not a major flaw. Uh, once again, I just felt that they could have had a more concrete solution. It's just like something happens and it doesn't turn out the way they do and it just kind of stops at a, a particular moment. At, well, in this case, it's more of a cliffhanger. So you're kind of hoping that things will happen. You're, you're hoping that the troll will eventually be revealed and get this comeuppance. You're thinking that the whole secret societies will all add up to something or at least the search to figure out what it is. But it just kind of stops at this particular moment when that one character, like I say, who was just in the background all this time, shows up and you're like, oh, oh, okay. But this kind of stops, yeah. right? So. Okay. It does leave me uh, waiting to see what happens in, in Volume 3. But once again, I just wish that it could have had a more solid conclusion. But for what's worth, um, yes, um, this was a, a considerable improvement over the first season. I wouldn't say it's better or the best thing, you know, like the more superior season. I think both of them, both seasons are great. It's just this one kind of stepped things up just a little bit, just a little bit. Um, I love the characterization. I love the fact that we got to see all these characters grow and develop. They're still flawed, you know, so you kind of like them when you kind of hate them for better or for worse, you know. But that's who these characters are. But, you know, the funny thing is that even though they may say things out of context or they might do bad things, you don't particularly hate them. And that's just because of the performances. You do you do love these characters, you know. You do love Samantha White, even though she goes through her issues. You do like Troy Fairbanks, even though he's a dick. You like um, Lionel Higgins, even though he does come off as this kind of insecure nerd who just kind of right. wants to accept the fact that he's gay. But it's just like, well, I don't know, you know. But it's just like, come on, dude, just accepting her. You like Coco Connors, even though she may come off a little, you know. Like a hope, <laughs> this play, but right. you know she does come off a little promiscuous at times. Um, Gabe Mitchell, you like him as well too, even though he may come off a little naive. You like Reggie Green, even though he may come off a little too angry. You know what I mean? So it's like that, you know. Um, it's a little more sexually explicit than the last season, though. I would say. Um, so I don't know. Once again, uh, parents might watch this show and be like. Wow, so this is what my kids doing. This is what my rich, privileged kids are doing in college. Wow, they're having sex and all that kind of stuff. So, But it's, yeah. it doesn't take away from the story. It's just moments here. And last but not least, I forgot to mention, they make a couple of um, shots at um, particular black programming as well. For one thing, they have this great parody of Empire, uh, which, 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 which had me laughing as well too. So right, that, that was in season one, right? Henson. No, no, they that didn't, they, they didn't have it in season one. They, ha- they, they were making fun of Scandal in season one. Scandal, right? Thank you. I think okay. they call it right. defamation. I think they call it defamation. And finally, 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 I forgot to mention to speaking on Netflix shows, they even name check um, your boy, Jed, Kevin Spacey, Jed. <laughs> okay, wow. Yeah, well, they kind of, you know, well, within the context of what he did last year, they kind of say, we hope we don't something, something like Kevin Spacey. I was like, oh shit! They did well, that. That's, that's, that's a kind of Netflix, a Netflix yeah, call that was, to that it. Yeah, like Netflix. That was Netflix saying literally "fuck you" right, to, to Kevin Spacey. I was like, god damn! All right, yeah. All right. Season six is still coming out of, of, of House of Cards, by the way. Right, um, kind of Spacey yeah. is no part of it, and I kind of don't care for this series again because of what happened. So even if right. it's the last season, I really don't need to see it. But whatever. But yeah, overall for me, this gets a strong three and a half out of five stars. It is worth checking out. Okay. I do strongly recommend that you check out the first season first because um, 
the second one while it does take time to stop to remind you of what happened in season one it's not gonna hold your hand and tell you everything that's gonna happen you have to see what happened before you have to see how these characters grow and like i said before i like how i like the progression of these characters here in season two they're still doing dumb shit even the ones that you're, you're rooting for and you're like you know they still do dumb shit every once in a while but they are real people and that's what i love about the show um the storytelling yeah. is, is 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 decent as well too it well it is strong i should say but of um i just wish like i said that we could have had a, a stronger conclusion it just kind of remind me of the last season where this kind of stops and it doesn't really come to a real conclusion but the way how they stopped the season jared i was like okay i kind of curious to see what they do here in season three um especially with that meta joke that they threw out there but that's all i'll say so yeah three right. and a half out of five seems fair for season two of the white people and yeah i, I right. if, if you really enjoy the first one and of course if you enjoy the movie yeah i strongly recommend that you check out the season two you'll enjoy it yeah nice all right so speaking of of soundtracks which needed this is america now yeah. we're gonna get into atlanta season two and i was telling myself yeah. i was telling myself I wonder if they will squeeze in This Is America into season two of their white people, but they didn't. But I suspecting, I suspect nah, when I Volume Three comes yeah. out, they're gonna sneak it in. They're gonna sneak it yeah. in. I, I bet that. But yeah, now we get into season two of. Atlanta. Yeah, I don't think the album. I don't think the album came out when they started filming anyways. So. No, 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 no. It, it has. Even it when has. the edit, even when the edit started, so I doubt. Yeah, because so the, plan, the, the series yeah. came out the day before the single came out, right? Which is, yeah, so the series came out May the 4th, single came out uh, May the 5th, right? Which was right. The, the Saturday, by the way, where um, Charles Gambino was on Saturday Night Live. And yeah, right. it, it was easily, and uh, you, 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 we, we could quarrel about this, but it was easily the best season, the best episode of that season, in my opinion. Yeah, so far for me, um, so far, it's, yeah. it's probably one of the funniest, funniest uh, episodes, skit-wise, at least in terms of the writing. Um, yeah, boy. Pretty much um, every, every skit was... skit was funny as hell. Miko's skit was real hard. Was real friends. hard. Um, yeah, Kanye plays, skit, yeah. uh, kind of, but... That's all right. That you get it, but it does, it, 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 um, yeah, it, it falls flat for me a little bit. But whatever, yeah, I mean, it's SNL, uh, right? It's another time this. Yeah, but the second funniest, funniest sketch, though, was the 80s love song. <laughs> right, that guy, yeah, the kind of weird, weird guy. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. was funny. That was funny. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. yeah, um, but on the subject of 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 Charles Gambino, I mean, yeah, boy, this man come true literally yeah, a yeah, week yeah, after right Kanye's um TMZ right implosion. He just shows us, uh, yeah, yeah um, Donald Glover shows us exactly how to do art in in with with modern hip hop, you know, with. That modern music, right? Well, uh, the thing it um, it was perfect timing to us. Like I can't come in and he just filled that fill that vacuum almost immediately. Yeah. Um, right. you know, and, and that that's the thing with Kanye. And like people just was kind of pissed off. Everybody's making the old joke. It had this great joke with this um, they 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 um Photoshop. Well, where does not the equivalent of Photoshop in in gift form with um SpongeBob and Squidward? Squidward. <laughs> <laughs> I I that um, Squidward is basically Kanye West and he played the shoop the doop thing and everybody quiet and don't want to hear it and then um, oh, <laughs> and then have SpongeBob coming and everybody cheered when he played This Is America. This is America, nice. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this so, is perfect timing. Uh, yeah, so while 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 Kanye was just running him out about four hundred years, four hundred years, man, it, it, slavery was a choice, you know. Right. Because I, I, I get, I mean, in, in today's climate, especially with race, you know, you want to speak out of things like that. But while Kanye was just using his mouth real unnecessarily, 
uh, Donald Glover was using visuals. He was using music. He was using teams, you know. And he did that yeah. with this uh, with the This Is America single and the video as well, too, which I would say is hands down the best music video seen for the year thus far, man. You know, well, yeah, yeah. because this is clever, you know. Stuff like that usually is work for me when you have all this, you know, it, it has that kind of Renoir feel to everything where there's all this weird shit going on in the background and it's just one long run and take, very little editing, you know, yeah. kind of long, long, long takes with a set of shit going on in the background and it's, all of this have a meaning and have a purpose. You know, as you mentioned that, because at first when I saw the video, I was wondering, okay, why the warehouse? Why are we doing everything right. in a warehouse, right? And yeah. I will, it just literally just hit me there. Um... Our boy who made Mother, right? Yeah, your your yeah. favorite movie of, of 2017 had shot yeah. the film initially in a warehouse to test out right. how the camera would have moved. Yeah, the yeah, movement and the space. Well, yeah. So you can kind well, of see I mean, that the, here the te- in this video now. Yeah. And the nature of the, nature of the video, right, just as, as a trial and error kind of thing. Because the thing with the, the video is that I think a lot of people read way too much into it, <laughs> oh, frankly. Yeah, yeah. But well, it does have a lot of workable. Makes sense and yeah, yeah. stuff like that. But yeah, yeah some stuff some stuff work, in my opinion. At least it's one of those things that get people talking. And yeah, he he he, he really, really hot right now in terms of material. Uh, solid enough actor. And yeah, we could jump into to Atlanta season two and this whole season going on. Of course. Um, um, and then, oh, yes. Yeah, so I, 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 read, I read it up on it on... Um, on um, Wikipedia and yes, it was inspired by Mother. See, I know my shit. I know right. my shit. Right, right, so. right, right, right. And yeah. then, uh, then, well, the, of course, at the end of the month, we'll be talking about him once again with the yes, with advent selling... of the new, new, new Han Solo movie, right? Yes. So, yes, yes, yes. Um, right. So, you just want to jump into Atlanta, well, season two, Robin right. season. Yeah, this, yeah, Robin season, right. So, basically, this season, uh, they basically follow up. From the events of it kind of more, more or less follows up almost identical well exactly or some time slightly later from the events the end of season one where you find out where Un has been staying this entire time which is yeah. in a goddamn <laughs> in a goddamn storage storage facility there yeah uh, I, 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 I assume it's like a couple of weeks after um Right. Yeah, so he's stuff, right. But I could be wrong. Yeah. So he's been. He's been. He's been. Essentially, well, they found out he. Well, somebody. They, they found out he was there. I mean, it's really easy to tell if somebody's sleeping in a storage facility. It's not hard to find out. Right. Uh, the idea that you could hide out in it for too long is kind of BS. Anyway, he gets in. Um, he he gets well. It's, he gets make not made out, and they they effect, for effectively for lack of a better term, evict him. <laughs> even though it don't really count. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the first episode starts off with him going by his uncle to sort some matters out involving where you're gonna stay and who you're gonna talk to, and they start with that whole thing. And the first episode is really really funny in my opinion. Oh yes, it is. it is. It is. It starts off pretty dark though, but the end <laughs> pretty hilarious. Yeah. yeah. You're right, and so the the whole season is called Robin Season for a good reason because everything is involving some type of crime or something involving somebody being stolen from, somebody stealing something, something yeah. along those lines. But it's and not yeah, and as, um, it's not as, done in an obvious, straightforward, literal way. It's done in a workable, sometimes metaphorical, sometimes subtextual. But it's there, and you can find it if you look for it. Yeah, um, I was go- I was going to say um, Darius Epps, who's played once again quite brilliantly by yeah. um, the Keith Stanfield. Had said in right. the in the first episode of this new season that because Christmas is coming up, yeah, people people want that money, Jared. You know, if they if yeah, they can't, if right. they have no way to earn it, they're gonna steal from it. You know, enough said. Yeah, but yeah, continue. Right, and so right, so the season works, and basically the purpose of the season also is to get into the working psychology of earn from what a successful okay somebody who has as a black man what is when you have potential to be successful but you're failing. 
yeah. you're failing in a really interesting way. And there's a kind of working, you know, theme of self-destruction going through the season, especially with Ern's character. Oh, and you yeah, see that yeah. build up. And it, it comes a really great culmination at the end, you know, where Ern had to make a decision. Yes. And that was, I thought, was really, really well done. Um, the season is, it's some dark episodes. You make some good, good, it has some funny shit. Um, episode one is with the uncle, which is Crocodile Man, and that's really yeah, well done. Uh, Cat, uh, uh, Cat Williams did not expect to see Williams, him. Right, there, but, guess. Yeah. yeah, that, that catch me. <laughs> that's cracking me up. When he show up, I was like, oh, he's the uncle. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to use my children season one. We're not, you know, you didn't see him, but you say, okay, well, I'm finding me the uncle. You're thinking some other normal actor and realize, damn Cat Williams. But his character works in the, the, the context of. A potential of what to avoid now, yeah. you know. That's you know the, the trap for the they become like me kind of thing then. Yes, uh, yes, yes. And then um, see, I forget I, what I, I forget the actual um, run of the episodes. Uh, sorry, as you see that though, the song that they played, Jed, um <laughs> when when we do see the the, the alligator, um, that right. was that was just brilliant. That was just a stroke right. of genius, Jed. I love that. Right. Yeah. Um, then the the episode moves on where they got into um, right right so episode two now is Spot and Waves that is where you meet um, <laughs> this fellow for the first time uh, yeah, Ting Fred um, Un's friend I forgot his name <laughs> Un's friend um, Ting's uh, what do you call him Paper Boy's friend yeah oh, right, 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 right right Paper Boy's friend yes yes sorry about that yeah yeah, yeah. Tracy. Yeah, I just like uh, steal shoes. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Right, yeah. Tracy's just one sociopath. Yeah, um, boy, but yeah, you will learn something. You learn something unfortunate about Tracy, you know, going forward. And I, I, it's something I don't think the show really addressed particularly, but I thought it was going to get into that. And But you kinda, they kind of hint up on it. Hmm. Um, then, then the third episode is Moneybag Shorty. This was with Una and Una happened to go on a date with Van, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it, it was when it was when right. they, they actually just decided to go out, and it was right. just um, and Earn just doing yeah, a bunch of yeah, dumb shit and this. Right, and right, 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 right. So Earn, Earn got a lot of money. He had to go and spend this money, and he decided to carry on a date, spend his money. He made the mistake of you learning. This is something that you're not showing a lot of. This make a lot of black people paranoid, which is, you know, the whole your money no good here kind of thing. Now, yeah, so you yeah. see that at the, at the theater. Yeah, she played the money. He pay a hundred. She says she don't accept some that high, and you see this white guy come after. And he pays the exact same bill. Yes, I think yes. it's a hundred dollar bill. Yeah, there's a hundred dollar bill or fifty bill. I can make it up. And it was a hundred. And right, and yeah. he they accept the money, and it's a little stuff like that now. Yeah, I uh, also also love the the intro. Um, there was poking fun at um that that white mother who was singing the, the lyrics to Finn Staples North North. Right, 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 right. Yeah, the parody of right, yeah, the parody of boy. That was this new song that people boy came um put out basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Then they they they, they, they structure one of my favorite episodes of the season. This is episode four, Helen. Okay. This so is you, where you enjoy that one, all right? One of my favorite episodes, not my favorite, but one of my favorite. This is where um <laughs> where you get to see Van back a little bit of history with Van. Um, why Van could speak German so well. You learn a little bit about that. You learn yeah. that history. Um, you learn a little bit about you know Van and her friend and that kind of borderline sociopathy you see within the black community involving yes, yes. color and who who should be pregnant and whatnot. And that whole stereotypes and what to avoid. And then Earn behaving like a just I guess straight up say it, Earn was just being a cunt this episode. Um, <laughs> yeah. just being such a such a douchebag, so terrible this episode. And it's, again, you, you see the the selfless the, the working self destruction with him now. Yes. And she connecting with this guy who could speak German and he thinking about it but not really making a big deal about it. He didn't want to go 
And it's just, you know, just little simple things like, you know, doing something that your, your, your significant other want to do and you can't do it because you have attitude. Right. You know, and these, yeah. these little things. And I thought that, I thought it was a great episode. It's a great character piece for the two of them. Um, but yeah, yeah it, it was one of yeah, but yeah, one of low points. But it was, I, I was, I, it's an episode I enjoyed from a, just a personality standpoint. Right. Uh, okay. Then this episode is close to my favorite. Now, it is one of my favorite, but it's close—not my favorite favorite, but close, close to number one of this season, which is Barbershop. I love this episode. This is with with Paperboy and his working barber, barber called Bibi. Yeah. And oh my gosh, Bibi is a character. You straight up wanted to strangle BB this episode. And the final scene of the episode is hilarious for me because um, you understand the word of BB at the end. Yeah. After all that shit put people right through, um, <laughs> um, yeah, you get to see that that real unfortunate ending where if people was like, wait, nobody has daughter cut me here. <laughs> they just leave it at that. I thought that was a hilarious ending. Yeah. Um, yeah so. Then. We get to episode episode six, which is uh, one for the history books, in my opinion, in terms yep. of great television. The best episode of the best episode Atlanta season. Yeah. ever. Yeah, this was, did one not the expect the shit to be in so clear. Because because <laughs> Lakeith Stanfield, yeah, Lakeith Stanfield was hyping it, eh? uh, because we didn't get to see much of of Daryl, Daryl for this episode. Didn't get to see much of him. Not sure what he was doing this season. And then they hit it with this bomb this episode. And they say, oh, well, we're going to get a nice Daryl episode because Daryl is so quirky and funny. And then they hit it with this episode called Teddy Perkins. Holy yeah, shit. Boy. Holy shit. <laughs> this was like, so I was, God I was just that, hearing that about this. Uh, everybody yeah. hyping up this thing. Everybody seeing this one, yeah. one of the best things ever. And I saw it and I was like, yeah, yeah one of the best things ever and, happened yeah, to Yeah, and they, they, they get into something that is almost never spoken about. Never spoken, spoken about. But you, you, you know that it's always there in the ether. And it's basically the idea of, of quote-unquote, black genius pathology. You know, what it takes to be a genius and that trade-off of what it does to your mental health. You know, the, the, old, the old joke, you know, genius and insanity is, you know, yeah. cousins now. Yeah. And boy, it, they really get to see the, you know, the, the really dark side of that. And it, it worked in the context of, of, uh, of Daryl. You know, Daryl's character is not, we're not sure how talented he is at anything. But you know he's a quirky dude and he has some yeah. insight to fuel and you get to see in a sense a kind of dark mirror of him because this whole you're quirky and you're strange yeah 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 it have a potential if you're going into some really dark depths with it and I, I personally know people like that you know people who if if it if things didn't turn out a certain way they would have gone to be incredibly successful you're sure of that and because they're geniuses and, and so on so and then because they just couldn't handle this thing and they just handle a situation so magnificently badly right. because things work out they, they have this complete emotional meltdown at the wrong time wrong time in their life and yeah, that's life is a total mess now. And they, they're brilliant people otherwise, right? But you know, and it's not it's not just a black thing or a white thing or anything like that. It's, it's, it's relatively immune from the concept of race. But within the context of race, you see it with music and a lot of musical celebrities. Yeah. And then you have this character, character called Teddy, played brilliantly by Donald Glover himself. Yeah, oh my God. Um, yeah. yeah. It took me a while, it took me a while to pick up it was Donald Glover because I was watching the face and I'm like, all right, the eyes look familiar. You have a very specific eye. He's look at you yeah. there. I was, uh, I was looking at the cool. lips actually, the way how right. yeah. the, the mouth as well the also was, was yeah, so look cool. yeah. But the eyes I find was when is when I picked it up and I was like, oh, that's not Donald Glover. I was like, oh shit, this real bad. Yeah. But his performance, sorry, his right. performance was just was. I mean, at first it was it was it was weird. It was weird. Right. It was right. Like, oh, it started. Okay, football. this is like it started. Right, it's like, like okay, weird. rich dude. Kind, yeah, kind of a weird take on on Michael Jackson. Okay, I get. Right. Any more as you know when the when the story right. starts to get deeper 
is when you realize yeah. how creepy this dude is, and then was like, okay, yes, um, red, 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 <laughs> you know, alarms going off. This is fucked up. Okay, right. what's going on? What's yeah. going on? Yeah. And his little little red flags all over the place, huh? Yeah, the way how it ends, by the way, though. Yeah. Well, sorry, right. that climax, it, by it, the way. That climax, yeah. I wouldn't like. So I dark. I'd jump for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd catch you off guard. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. It ends <laughs> where they play that, that CB Wonder song. Brilliant. Yes, yeah. That's what I like about it. Do the whole, like, you know, the last time we got something like this where it had a, a song, and then the song could be reinterpreted in such a dark manner, which is um, Gardens of the Galaxy, right? Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy had one song going through the entire movie, and yeah, it was a little on the nose, but it the song and the, the subtext of the song become progressively darker when the context of the movie, you know, illustrate and highlight through a new lens throughout the film, right? Yeah. And this movie do the same thing with, with the TV Wonder song. It's like, yeah, you could interpret this song as this, but yeah, another person could take that and flip it emotionally in one of the most pathological ways imaginable. And yeah. be, because they had the subtext of what, musical music again quote-unquote musical geniuses go through and i will talk about this when we talked about it last time the idea of utilitarianism in in, in creativity now yeah. is it necessary to be a suffering agent and be creative is it necessary to be a, a musical jesus and, and and have a relatively normal or, or um uh well-balanced childhood right and good, you're wondering you're not sure right yeah it's unclear because there's that one scene sorry where um where, yeah. where you, that that um that that home video we've seen his dad right. um you know basically right. Not torturing yeah, yeah. him, all this pushing his son to play yeah, exactly. that piano. That, that was like a right. very, it, very deep, yeah. uh, powerful. And you can find, I mean, well, the, the most obvious person was Michael Jackson, right? Thought, the most yeah. obvious, obvious person was Michael Jackson. That was like the most on the face person. But yeah, it had more I mean, you know, other musical people, geniuses, who, or, or just, I wouldn't go as far as geniuses, just people who we consider very, very talented, but such troubled, ta- li- um, troubled lives now yeah. um, themselves. I mean, um, you know, by trouble, um, trouble man himself, right? Uh, uh, oh gosh, it's up in my mind right now. Um, Marvin Gaye, Marvin Gaye, oh. right? Marvin Gaye is one. Oh, yes, um, yes, yes. Sorry, sorry. Why did I see James Brown's song "Trouble Man"? My bad. Right. Oops. Yeah. Yeah. Marvin Gaye himself. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really, really sad and unfortunate what happened to him. Of course, uh, and it's really you know, it's from the way he was raised and how that affected his right. music. Uh, exactly. Before he died. Um, of course, Michael Jackson himself. I mean, Joe Jackson is the worst. Joe oh, Jackson's yes, like yes. scummiest, scummiest scum fuck that you could ever think about in a while. I mean, <laughs> he's like he's to me up day with like all of them real shitty people in, in Hollywood now. Yeah. Um, uh, Prince, Prince himself, Prince had a really, really shitty, abusive childhood. His early on, really, really shitty life early course, going on. Yeah, which, and which he addressed in, in a way in um the Purple Rain movie, by the way. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and. You know, but the thing is, these people, the thing is, trauma like that, you don't really get over. And it's it real hard to exercise those demons over of time. Course, You're not yeah. sure what's going on. Like, even actors and them, you think they're clean and then they come back. Like, what happened to Philip Seymour Hoffman and all of that stuff, right? Yes. And yeah, this this movie just does, this, sorry, this episode yeah, yeah, of... Yeah, Atlanta just, <laughs> yeah right, yeah. But this, this episode of Atlanta did this so excellently. It's so well shot very well because I, again hero i don't know who does this in talk very exactly but i think hero Mawai is involved in it well, where you get this every, the episode so right yeah. every episode does this brilliant um you know everything looking like everything everybody going back to greeny nowadays you notice that yeah 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 i've noticed that, that. they mentioned look. it to me before and when i was looking at it even though it was teddy tp was like yeah seeing that that green there you know in the, in the right visuals. but but it's you it's used so well though like Take a story, and, and uh, every episode does it very, very well. Yeah. Um, but this episode, it, it works so, so well because everything's so dark and you know underlit now. And it you, you want you you would think, oh well, Green gone fuck up the shot. Nope, 
for the yeah. sake of the story, it really feels like an old horror movie at times. It does, and yeah. It just works so perfectly with, with this episode. Yeah, um, and, yeah, and, I, and, I, and speaking, speaking of episode. horror movies, speaking of horror movies, sorry like that. Sorry to cut you there, but speaking of horror movies, yeah. um, you're writing in this way. Yeah. You're writing in this. This is this is not like, oh, yeah. I'm making fun of, of the horror genre or the thriller genre. Right. This feels like a legit thriller like what jordan peele did yeah. to get out this was one yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it was it was on that era it was on, it pretty much like, on that level yeah like there, was, there, was, there was moments of humor like there was that that break where um darius was calling um people boy and he had that little yeah. um you know that little comedic moment there but that's yeah. still yeah, just yeah, to yeah, keep the right. audience all on edge you know and it uh, yeah exactly yeah. yeah so like yeah. i said before this is yeah this is the best episode of of atlanta hands yeah. down yeah it's one of the greatest things that ever happened in television Yes, right, I said it. It yeah. yeah, yeah, it was it was really really well done. When it when it did, it have layers to it, have layers to it. Yes, there were yeah. a bunch of people and, as you and just it warrants more viewings. Like, you, yeah, you exactly. Can't just watch that, that episode once in this unless you're like terribly disturbed by it. Although yeah. yes, the climax was stupid, but me, I just wanted to right. watch that again and see the little things like yeah. the camera was there, yeah. and, you know the you know yeah. parallels and all that kind of shit. Now, so yeah, yeah, totally love yeah. that episode. But um, yeah, well done. Yeah. Well, one of my one of my favorite episodes. Well, this skipping over champagne puppy but, which was the, right episode seven is, episode seven is the worst episode of the season um it it just kind of felt needless no right? i didn't right i didn't hate it all that much but it, it really didn't work for me overall and the running joke was well drake is hispanic or drake is mexican which is kind of funny i suppose not yeah, that interesting and also like drake um, isn't there however um, but this right. one is, is, um, is vanessa's edge. episode um vanessa of course played by right. zazie beats who we'll talk about yeah. later with deadpool too but yeah. I don't know, like, I get the idea, okay, all these right. girls going into Drake's crib to have a party, right. and he's not there, but it's all about showing off on Instagram, like, yeah, right. I was in the and mansion, it, well, it blah, was a blah, nice, blah, but... It was a nice, right, it was a nice, like, little, like, dress-down episode, in the sense that it was just breaking down all the bullshit that is going on, like, the whole Instagram fake thing, which was funny. I thought yes, that was great. Yes, and um, true. <laughs> Vanessa, Vanessa herself just not giving a fuck, like, she she have a, she have a, her, her ratchet moments at times now, so she just straight up, like, just gone in the man closet, <laughs> yeah. you know? Wear, wear the jacket and think like hey, what the fuck like you would have think some bodyguards I think would have like find himself like not going in drink bedroom or everything but he wasn't coming to the party nobody expected him to be there um, the, the, it had this guy who was just waiting there the entire time and he was like um, sketchy and suspect as fuck mm-hmm. um, he, it had his, I forget where he was uh, but this guy was just real suspect oh um, yes 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 I know you talk about waiting outside the bathroom bring back that character Right, I thought it got him somewhere. Like, that. I'm gonna get you this. Yeah, thought, I'm gonna I get thought, you that. I'll be yeah, right back. I'll yeah, be right back. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I thought that was going somewhere darker, but they just they started dismiss and it was uh, cool. Um, yeah. um then, but then we get to my yeah, third favorite episode, there. which was on uh, Woods. Um, Woods was pretty good. Woods, Woods, yeah, Woods, right. Woods was Woods was real good. The, so, so the, some people like. So I know a couple of people who tell you that this this episode is actually creepier and and better done than than Teddy Perkins. I don't agree with them, but I, I get so. where. You're yeah, yeah, it, it I get starts off later, from. but then it it right. goes dark later on. Oh, what did what did with it? What did right? What did do it with with, with Paperboy? Because Paperboy is robbed what for the second time this this season. Yeah, right. He he's almost killed this time. This time it really looks like if uh, you're wondering if you're gonna die. Yes, and yes. then they they flip it back and they make it so dark in the sense that it's clearly that the guild set that up eh, and set him up now. Well, you know, but he decided to leave. I didn't, even, I didn't even think about that. I just thought. No, I, I, just, I make that connection almost immediately. Wrong, like, the wrong place, wrong time. Nah, I nah, nah, no, no, no. No point. No point. I get. Um, well, Sierra. That's her name. 
And what right. happens is I, that, that I, she wanted to be imagine him, but he's just like, no, fuck this shit. This is not me. And you know, don't tell right. me what to do. And then afterwards, right. he, he gets robbed, and then you know, he's almost left to yeah. die in the woods. No, I, yeah. I, I, I suspect that is the case because it just seemed too, too suspect. Like he walking and he walking there, and she just happened to be. She right when she 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 leave him when he leave her. Sorry, um, he busts out, and you know, she thinking, well, you know, is is this business thing? And them could she want to be this power couple thing now? But when he like reject that, and then that dies, he will probably paper boy again when keeping it real goes wrong now. He's <laughs> yes, kind of guy, exactly, that, yeah. Um, he's kind of that just want to quote unquote stay real, and she attitude is that no, fuck you, you could never be real. That's bullshit. Exactly. And when he leave her, you get the feeling that she just kind of scorn and just kind of say, all right, rob this nigga now. That's basically what it feel like. But you know, from, from it a story perspective, it, it does make sense when you think about it. It does right. make it, sense. Right, it felt way too coincidental just yeah. watching it. I just watched the episode and this, she just make a phone call. You know, she got on the phone right after he leave, eh? You notice yes, that? Yes, she did. Uh, yes, she man. did, sir. Yeah. Uh, exactly. And so, so that's why it make me think that she, that whoever them fellas was, was connected to that now. Like right. rob him up, rough him up. Or we, I would think as far as kill him, but just rough him up this episode now, he goes into the forest and he meets this person who you're not sure if he's there, you're not sure if he's a ghost, you're not sure what's going on with that. Um, the guy is this mental patient, essentially. And yes. he, it's implied, you know, it's implied, uh, the subtext of that is that it's his dad as well. Because he mentions his mother and he mentions a lot of things. And then he mentions he shouldn't be making these mistakes, he'll get destroyed. And it's this kind of, again, a warning of the, the future now. It's his paperboy's version of it because the episode starts off with his mother. And it, it's implied that the mother's well, the mother recently died now. Yeah. And you're not sure how people were handling that because again, that is something that people were kind of asked to address and handle. Of course. And yeah. you know, we see well, we we're gonna talk about the episode involving um that after. And second well, yeah, yeah. Then he goes through this this basically this horror session and he gets out and he that he just decides to go into this like uh where it was a, a seven eleven convenience store essentially. Yeah. And somebody bounces him up and the episode ends very unfortunately, ironically, which is him taking the picture and not selling out, quote unquote. No. So yeah, he kind of exactly, quote unquote sell he out had the teeth on him and it's just like Exactly. But well, I, he, okay. he he avoid but he avoids he goes he finds himself on Instagram because he really wants to avoid the Instagram thing. Yeah. And it just comes back kinda comes back unfortunately full circle again. This people were kinda taking an L again when keeping it real goes wrong. Yes. Exactly. People, and that's the whole episode. And right. I yeah, I thought it was a solid episode on its own. It was, I don't think it was, it was as good as I don't think it's as good as the Tony Perkins episode. Oh, no, 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 definitely not. Still, it's a really strong episode that really tired thinking about what's going on in Paperboy psychologically. Yeah. Uh, um, so my, my second favorite episode um, just turned out to border. be uh, Naughty Border, which is episode 9. Yes. Um, I love, love the setup of it, which is like, yes. you know, Ern, Darius, Tracy, um, Alfred, and it's just like, hey, we we going into this this um this right. this college. We're going to perform. Right. We hook it up with right. this girl, but the girl kind of like rel on 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 um on people boy. It's like when he fucks you, real creepy and shit. And then it's just like yes. one one shenanigan after the next shit. Right. <laughs> one okay. shot. Yes. One shot that I yes. love though was was when um I think is is true. Cedred. this this yeah. is when the girl was um cussing out um people boy, right? And the fellas were to beat them up. I see right. Trace. He just come from the right. Plow. Yeah. One yeah. punch down. Okay. Laugh so my this, ass off for that. Talk about, this is going to talk about the, the, you know, Earn's arc and the self-destruction part, right? Yes. Here's yes. where the difference between Earn, right? So here's the problem with Earn, right? And again, I, I, I know a lot of people like this, and I myself kind of go through situations like this, where you're smart. You're a smart guy. Right, but you're black and people have to you have to kind of prove yourself, right? Yeah, but yeah. the problem is that 
your intelligence, so most of your intelligence is leveraged off of um, a world that you're not living in. So imagine if you are accustomed to the amenities of the world, but you're living in the wilderness. It's kind of like that with 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 uh, some some smart black people, especially oh. black men, where they'll put themselves in a space where they can fix a situation only because what you take for granted being in a quote unquote white world. It's kind of a big kind of broad statement, but what you're accustomed to doesn't work out the same way and getting people to work for you or help you out in that way. And that's Earn's problem. Right. So when Earn make a decision, you have to get to take, he has to put so much mental weight on his shoulders because people fucking are wrong. Yeah. And then he himself will slip up and make mistakes. And when he make mistakes, is make for bigger, bigger problems by far than when them make mistakes. It's yeah, kind of like a second yeah. order mistake now. And the analogy I was like using is kind of think, think of a, a, a situation of white collar crime versus um, blue collar crime. Blue collar crime is bad and it's an issue, but it doesn't break society. But when white collar crime happen, we don't intuitively um, get angry at it at, at, at face value. But white collar crime is by far more destructive to society in, in a grander sense, in the longer run, right? Right. That's how I, I, that's the analogy. And that's what Earn is. And if, if you compare Earn to Tracy, that's what happening. And Tracy is the blue collar motherfucker. He's the kind of the guy who's he steals the shoes, but stealing shoes don't matter in the grand scheme because shoes, right? Yeah, right, right. But when Earn make the mistake now, he make a mistake by doing this thing, putting people in a situation, not planning for the hotel, thinking that he being clever, and yeah. then when, when things go wrong, it go catastrophically wrong. And now he had a meltdown in the worst way. And oh, he hit the low point for his character. And, and I, I love I, I this episode. It, it, it felt real, but I feel real sorry right. for Manchester. Yeah, sorry. exactly. But and the, 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 like, and yeah. the thing is, what I like about, what I like about the, the episode 2 is that Paperboy immediately picks up on this. Right? Mm-hmm. Paperboy understands the problem. Like, look, Tracy is a, t- is a shitty person, but you would, somebody in Paperboy's position would obviously prefer Ch- Tracy over Earn. By far, when you think about it. When you think about it, Tracy's preferable to Earn. Yes, Tracy's an idiot. But yeah. when Tracy do shit, it don't crash the same way now. You, yeah, it, yeah, you, yeah. You up, right, is is the, the, the stopwatch problem. One little thing going in your gears and your plan and your, your, your plan fall apart immediately. Exactly. Right? And that's why this episode works so well. And that, that scene when it was in the, in the frat house, in the white frat house, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a, a real funny scene at the dark and wherever it, it is. is. But when, dark, when yeah. people were... When people was talking to Earn, I find that scene was so goddamn powerful because you could tell Earn real get hit hard with that eh, from emotionally. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, and then he walks up. When people right, right, tell him, yeah. yeah, when people tell him, like, look, you're fucking up and you're fucking up in a real big way and I had to get rid of you, know. Like, look, you had to turn things around and it's not for you, know. Yeah. And I, I was like, yeah, I totally understand where Earn, because Earn, in a sense, too smart for the way you're doing. But if, it's, if it's, you're supposedly too smart for it, but at the same time, you're still fucking it up. So it's hurting his ego even more now. Yeah. And they still never address Earn's arc when of why does he leave Princeton? Never addressed oh, yes, it. He never did. Yeah, never did. So it's something to do with his kind of working self destruction. Now, when things don't go go right, have a total meltdown. Right, right. And th- that characterization really built up in this this episode nine, and it worked so well. I thought uh, by the end of the episode with him and Tracy, which was so funny. Yeah, it, it, so it well was, done. Yeah, but, but I felt so sorry <laughs> yeah. for him, Jed. I was like, yeah, just, yeah. just, just, just like, stop it. Just just stop it. Just stop yeah, it. yeah. Because he had he had he had a complete meltdown. Like, yep. because when things go wrong, and it, it don't take much. It just takes somebody that's, like, slightly fucking wrong. He, he just don't take this girl into account, this girl being a complete mental patient. Yeah. Like, he think, well, this girl love paper, but she gonna take care of him now. It's like, well, no. Like, it don't take much. You, you don't know what time bomb you're, you're working with now. Yeah, right? Why remember, remember, it's all about him wanting to make money too now. So, yeah. My... No, but that's, that's the important point. He tried to save money by not staying in a hotel. Yeah. Remember, you think about what they do, right? They try to do this Airbnb bullshit. 
by staying by this girl place. But the girl is a mental patient. He didn't, he didn't pick up on that. Again, that's all part of the little, you're not sure now. You're betting, you're making bets that nobody else could uh, uh, take into account and address. And then when it fails, it fails so much worse than Tracy stealing some shoes or Tracy having like a, 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 a his own kind of meltdown by just punching the guy. But Tracy was doing his job yeah. at the end of the day. Right, and right. I thought that characterization worked quite well in this episode. It did. Um, and, another yeah. thing, before I forget, another thing. Um, I think it's in episode two. Remember from last season where um, where Darius um, had brought the the puppies uh, to the to the fella. Right. I just I usually right. expect it to get paid no no because he's like, well, yo, right. me and Vanessa had to eat now. You know, we daughter had to eat. Right, 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 and right, it's right. Like, right oh, yeah, you get that until September, wherever it is, right. and then right. we bring it back up. It's like, hey, we have money now. So I think right. with with um, with with Irvin himself, he is he does come off impatient. You know, it's always about get money right. now, get this now, but he doesn't really think right. things through properly. That, you know? Exactly, but and he think that's the problem because he is this, you know he's the smartest guy in the room, but you're not smart. You know, it have a whole joke about it. Yeah, yeah, the smartest guy in the room, but you're not smarter than the room itself. You ever hear that statement? <laughs> okay, uh, that's, I'm that's not familiar with that, but that's a great statement, by the way. That's basically what it is. It's, you know, you have people like that. They 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 smart, but they think they can just do shit on their own, and then not realizing that. The whole group of people that you're dealing with have a whole system that works better than you individually with your intelligence. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you have to take that into account when you're coming into a group and understand that it's teamwork and team building. And I basically, well, earn just failing at that right you. Yeah, right you. Right. Yeah. Whole season. Whole season failure. Season, season one. Failing at that. Fail mm-hmm. when it comes to, to signing a deal. They had a great one with the lawyer, which I, which I like. That coming in episode, um, the last episode, I think. Um, it comes back in full circle and then uh they, they just have him just totally fail in this episode because now he loses laptop oh <laughs> yeah, boy yeah, shit yeah. Up. Girl, total mental patient meltdown and cut up shitting he almost the girl can i get when she pushed i think it's i forget he got pushed downstairs and he, he grabbed the girl there's a tracy um yeah, tracy, I, I, like, yeah. The girl. I think so yeah and you know right and you know it just caused all these problems and these issues there yeah so, and, 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 be, and also before i forget um vanessa Vanessa kind of right. leave, kind of leave in because it's like pretty you're, much you're yeah. Doing nothing, you're, you're just kind of fucking yeah. up. Just. It's like oh okay, well yeah. bye. You know? Yeah, but yeah. It's still come once a while because I mean we we still have a daughter, right? So whatever. So the next episode right. is uh, Fubu, and episode that one kind of caught me completely off guard because it's a right. flashback episode. You see Earth right. and um and people boy when you were kids in middle school. Right, and this week. episode, this the right. So this episode here in retrospect, it foreshadows uh events that occur in the final episode, episode eleven of the season. And what it does quite well is basically you get to see a very important moment in in Earn's life, right? With this episode, something happens uh, to someone, and it's in the context of something that was relatively trivial, and you're not sure how it had to play out um, in his, his head because it really felt like luck, and he's not sure what went down, but it wasn't really luck in that sense. And how would basically the episode was that he got a Fubu ship, and a big deal about you know things and i remember this when i was in in when i was in form two and form three which was roughly the same age yeah. um which is you know if you're wearing fakes yes, yes, yes. <laughs> i, I remember thing. that and uh, especially right i i know yeah. right now personally i never got too caught up in it i just used to wear what i wear and then give a fuck um but well i know a lot of people <laughs> who, i know a lot of people who did it they did give a fuck and it was so i understood the working culture of it and you could understand that psychology of hey boy you needed this jordan and you need this this and that that and so on so i remember i remember when it was how old i was nine, 12 or 11 i remember my friend made the biggest fucking deal about the jordan 97 coming out 
Right. That was so huge to him. You know, John 97, and he said, boy, this girl in school, she had John 97, John 97, and John 97. And he couldn't shut the fuck up about the John 97. And I was like, okay, cool. And I, I just wear my, my shitty little, um, you know, it is not Reebok, but I forget who it was. Um, not not Jansport. Jansport, I forget no, what it was. Jansport, no, no, Jan's, no, it had the shoes. It had a shoes. Trojan. Trojan was the oh, shoes yeah. I used to wear. Oh, my God. Then, yeah. I, I never I had one, Tro- but I know it was big. Right. Like yeah, but yeah, well, it was like the shitty rip-off, shoot, rip-off, rip-off sneakers, but it was a decent sneaker. It was comfortable enough for my parents, for my father to buy for me. Right. And then I stopped wearing shoes. I started wearing that straight-up normal black shoes for school anyway, now, because that was the easiest thing. But yeah, it, people used to make a big deal out of that shit. And... Um, so I understood the mindset, you know, you couldn't yes. shut the fuck up for the latest this and the latest that. And this was occurring in the early 2000s, so FUBU was the biggest deal. So his mother bought a FUBU, which was most likely a ripoff because it was super cheap. And they were saying, all right, you and this other guy wearing the same FUBU shirt. And the, thing, the joke was, all right, well, what all, it had to be fake. It had to be fake. Yeah. Fake this, fake that. And well, a big part of, of ripoff <clears throat> was you used to actually mash up in terms of quality. If, right. if you used to have a tear or something in terms of stitching, that was the whole thing. And well, uh, if you know in retrospect, a lot of the big companies, especially Sean PD, did you go on to just Sean John, used to sell his own ripoffs. They used to do that. They used to sell their right. own fakes. So they used to make yeah. money off their fakes too, which is which make up a lot of sense because like, yeah, why would you get away with fakes for so long with some, without somebody suing you? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, they're making money off the fakes. Um, and basically they made the whole episode about him trying to figure out whether or not he faking or not. Um, just all the usual bullshit of Gil sending you letters who like you in school um, if you're into this the Gil didn't like him he didn't like he liked this Gil but he didn't like the other Gil back and them jumping on the back about it I think he wearing a fake shirt uh, it, then the whole episode goes out but then yeah. Paperboy comes to the rescue when they, they had this guy who was trying to fake out um, he's trying to test whether or not it's a real shirt and this guy apparently could tell and he used to trust this guy's opinion yeah. And then Paperboy comes in and calls him out and kind of bullshits the guy and then says, no, earn as real shit. And he says, just to protect his cousin and protect the cousin's ego. And the same kids now dog out the other guy completely. And then the, the end of the episode ends with this really fucked up thing where the same guy who has the other shirt apparently commits suicide. Yeah. And he just does it. And he, like, earn now, like, think he get away from that. Now. And the episode ends with that. And it, was, it was, when they think about it, how fucked up that was. Mm-hmm. And in this middle school now, it's like, wait, this boy, you're not sure what emotional state he is. Like, he's just dogging him out for, for something that is very trivial and not an issue. And again, suicide is not, not something that you really talk about in the black community in particular, especially at that right. time. And yeah, somebody committed suicide because of this thing. But you're not sure where he was. He was on his, he was emotionally on the edge when you find out that I think his parents broke up at the time. And yeah, you learn that, all this that, bullshit. That is what happened actually, yeah. Right. And you only learn, <clears> out, you learn all that bullshit after the fact. And yeah, that shit was like all he had kind of thing there. You right. know, it you know, it's little, little things that and they, they, that episode totally worked emotionally. And it, it, then they, they they cut to they cut to you see Paperboy's mom. I say, look, you had to stick together. And so that flashes back to the early episode where you see Paperboy's mom in the episode from before, right? Yeah. Uh, so you say, okay, you're not sure what happened to Paperboy's mom. Mom, you're not sure how she died. You know she died. Um, and they have to reference that going back forward. Yeah, the episode is is totally appropriate for what they're talking about because basically the episode is all right. So Paperboy has to go to a uh, concert, but he's going to Europe for the concert. And basically, that's the whole episode of them planning. They have to move out. Uh, they have to get a lot of moving material because they're basically going to tour Europe for a while. And Paperboy is like, well, his song is incredibly popular, so it's him having to do his stuff. 
and earn what earns <clears throat> put himself now in another situation of him having to plan shit out for other people. And it's just the whole episode of right, just people yeah. fucking around. People fucking around, people fucking around, Daryl fucking around, taking too long. You're not sure when the movers come in. They had to pay the movers extra. The movers want to take a break and have lunch, but they have no time for that bullshit. Um, Earn just scrambling, scrambling as the manager. And because he on the edge, um, because of what people were told him, and you're not sure if people were going to fire him or when, he just have to say, well, this is kind of last chance. And the episode does a really good um, turn where, where Daryl and... Okay, so Daryl has to get a passport. Because he can't can leave the country. He needs a passport. And they go to this... Um, basically a Jewish stamp connecting thing and they, they talk about lawyers and they said the reason they, they do passports quick is because um, they need rappers is always be procrastinating no offense and they, they have this great scene they talk about um, are there any black lawyers because the people wanted a Jewish lawyer instead of the black lawyer that they had from the, in, the, in the beginning of the episode and well no sorry it was the beginning of the episode early in, the, early in another episode I think and um, then what happened boy oh right he asked him a question which I thought was really, really good. A great, great moment involving right, right. whether or not a Jew, whether or not a black lawyer is better than a Jewish lawyer. And the answer he gives is excellent. Don't want to spoil it, but it's a great line. A great, great, great line. Because, because the moment is an excellent little moment in terms of American, you know, dynamics and histories and whatnot involving race. And it's a great, great line that just sums up the whole situation. And it could kind of talk about the Captain Barrel situation in that. And then what Daryl kind of tells him about you know, ways on the edge and then he gets a, oh, well, the episode begins to where it's revealed that um, the daughter of Vanan and Un is gifted. She's actually quite, quite intelligent. And the teacher, that is that also, that scene is also quite, quite heartbreaking because the teacher was like straight up saying, look, get the child fuck out of the school because the school not going to serve the child particularly well. And the, 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 whether or not they could afford this private school, but if they go, go to the private school, they'll, they'll, off, they'll um, the child will, will flourish better. Now. And they're not sure they clearly can't afford it at their, their station in life, but the, the teacher at least tells them you should do that. Yeah, and I, she at least get down her heads up. But if the child wasn't gifted or didn't have anything, she wouldn't tell them nothing. And she basically just compare her school to a farm, right? As in, look, you're going to just come in and come out. If you're a problem child, you're kind of fucked more or less going forward. But if you're gifted and you can take the opportunity, take it. You know, and she kind of at least gives them the heads up because they're relatively young parents still. And, you know, there's there's one time in your life you have to do it. And it's revealed, well, it's really not a heartbreaking moment. It's revealed Van is doing something. um, Basically, she's moving out from the apartment she's living in. So that means it'll be kind of harder to contact um, Un and Un in contact with his daughter as well. And so it really looks like if Un is on the edge, you're not sure you're going to be fired. He... um, most most likely going to lose well, not custody or anything like that, but going to have a lot less spending time with his with his with his family. The family is is cultivated on the relationship, even though it's strained with Van. And then the episode we get everything to come together. They get to the airport, and then the one bullshit thing that comes back at the end comes back in the end, and Earn makes this really badass decision at the end, and it's kind of fucked up what he did, but it's awesome. I like holy shit, this is how it ends, and. Uh, Daddy Eddie, Paperboy said, Paperboy saw what he did because it's something he did. Paperboy saw what he did and Paperboy keeps it on simply because that is exactly the kind of shit he had to be doing. Right? The, thing, the things that you think it is, this is, you know, he kind of makes the point that, look, Atlanta is the Twilight Zone. What you think is up is really down and you have to do certain things to survive. And you make that totally work. And it's really goddamn cynical. It's a really fucking cynical ending, but it's a great ending. It totally fits this season. It's a great, like 
um, glottal stop to what going forward with the characters. I really, really hope the show gets a third season. Most likely it will because this season was excellent. And yeah, that's pretty much the end there. Um, just a quick review and recap of the season. Uh, personally, I like the season one and season one. Um, it, it's uh, I, great. I, I would say it's two, um, two as well, actually. Um, yeah, I it, know it, because... Be- oh, sorry, uh, continue. What? Yeah. Yeah, mainly because of that ending, because of how it comes together so well at the ending and what happens and all of this other stuff. Yeah. I just thought what it did there was really, really well done. I thought this season would have been longer, frankly, the way how it was shaping up. But yeah, 11 episodes was fine. I thought we would have got two extra episodes this season. But the way how it, it ends is like, yeah, this is a perfect end to the season. Right. Great character yeah. growth for everybody. Um, great character moments. Um, just, just some solid, solid, solid material overall. It's not the zany Twin Peaks kind of bullshit that you had from season one. Season one was no. good. It had a, a, a zany state, you know, the invisible car and all of this bullshit. But this season get real dark and dark and important in all the right ways. And yeah, it totally yeah. worked. And yeah, hats off, hats off to Donald Glover and Hiro Murai for this season. It's just so well done, really well shot. Um, it, it's shot better than season one, in my opinion, because it really feels much more workably cinematic. Again, I, I don't know if I notice it after looking back, but it looks the use of grain and the use of some cinematic techniques just work better overall. And yeah, I just really, really like this season. I'm a big, big fan of the show. I absolutely love season one. And I actually enjoy season two even more, personally. I thought it was great. I forgot what I gave my rating. Okay, I think I gave my rating very, very high now um, for season one. Um, but for season two, yeah, I'd like to give this one a, 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 like an extra 10, uh, almost perfect score. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, wow. it very only only one or two episodes really kind of hampered it. But it still worked. Like, it's still hard to think. As, as I said, the, the only the Champagne Papi episode really kind of bungled things a little bit. It was not a bad episode, but it, it, right. it threw off the momentum a little bit. That was about it. Everything else was perfect for me. I thought every episode served a purpose. Everything worked in terms of character moment. And then they really say Robin season. Yeah, Robin season. They make it work. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it was a totally a love, 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 loveless episode. The little highlights of this season. Um... The Michael, what is Michael Vick? Funny, funny point. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was a great, great moment in that episode. Um, Baby's character, I totally, I love that. I love that episode because it had so much, um, you know, with his Thundercat and Flylo in it in terms of the music. Oh yes, yes, and yes. That totally fit. To that totally fit the nature of the episode. Yep. Um, what else? Um, yeah. Well, of course, of course, Teddy Perkins, excellent episode. Excellent Everything episode. about the episode totally excellent, excellent, excellent. Right. And yeah, yeah. The, just the arcs of the characters. I just really, really enjoyed this season. So great, great season. It yeah. didn't respect or feel too over the top or anything like that. Everything felt grounded and workable. Um, again, it still lives in this weird kind of Twin Peaks parallel reality kind of thing, but it totally works in the context of the storyline. Yeah. Excellent show. Love the show. All right. Same, same here too, dude. I totally agree with you. Um, this season yeah. too was great even better than if the first season like um i mean first yeah. season yeah you, you you get introduced to donald glover's version of atlanta so no it's not how atlanta yeah. really is but it feels authentic even though they have these kind of twin peak x um, kind of moments um yeah it does have little weird stuff in between but i mean that's all style and substance as well um but it yeah. doesn't take away from the core of the story what it's really about you know just about normal everyday people you know living life and trying to get by you know what i mean but just the stuff yeah. that they go through and their flaws getting in the way and that's what yeah right and really it really feels it really feels the type of show that it's it's millennials coming into their own you know especially we you know with the with the with the aspect of race involved because it doesn't feel like a show like a girls or um even even something like insecure where okay that's more general aspects of it i mean uh, girls girls is a show that i didn't give a chance and I gave a chance later and I end up enjoying a lot more than I expected. Alright, I haven't even started working. watching girls yet. 
Right, that's that's the kind of a working comparison. If it, and I don't want to make a racing out of it because, but that's that's the, the working context, obviously. Um, but yeah, um, this this really really makes the whole the millennial struggle. What the millennials have yes, to go through in yes. terms of emotions, it's not the same thing. It's not the same as the, the Gen X generation. You really get to see. Well, Donald Glover is at that age where it, this is where millennials are really coming into their own in terms of understanding the world in the early thirties. That workable struggle, and again, especially post financial crisis. So, how to make money, how to make sense of the world, what yes. the new struggles are, the advent of the internet, and how that affects things. Um, and, and and everything comes so well in this. It's very, very well written in that sense. Of course. Yeah, um, yeah. And as you mentioned, that yes, the writing is strong throughout. Though, um, I love the characterization. Yeah. I love the performances. I mean, Donald Glover kills it as usual. Zaz right. beats. Um, that guy, I keep forgetting his name, who plays Paperboy. Yeah, everybody does. Right. Um, everybody does a fantastic job. I mean, Lakeith Stanfield. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. I was gonna say the music choices are on point. It does feel like real sudden hip hop kind of, you know, kind of shit. Um, yeah. What else? But just the themes of it, just the the stuff that the characters go through, it's very yeah. dark, but it's very relatable as well. You know, you do feel for these characters, um, in some way, shape, or form. Um, this is a huge step up from from the first season. I'll say that much. Just offer okay. that one episode alone, Teddy Perkins, which, yeah. like I say, is just one yeah, of the Jared. greatest moments in TV history. Um, I like that it, uh, and I would say, well, um, it also kind of expands the world of Atlanta. You really do get to see more of it. You do see get to see more interactions with different characters, and just this is world that it feels real, but you know it's kind of a fabrication but it's real you know it's way. right it's it, it what it does worry well is just working surrealism of things now it's yes. like all right the the world itself like just the zaniness of how people just think like the baby episode the character with the, with the baba yeah, yeah it, a lot of people just think like that a lot of people operate like that it's kind of a lackadaisical waste your time kind of behavior but they have a really good talent and they serve the world really really well yeah so that's why nothing about it it's zany but it still has a um i don't know what to call it i, I use a big word called verisimilitude where it's fantasy, but it has... <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all know that word. Right, but it's fantasy, but what it is, it's tapping into your, your psyche now. Yes. Not really a real... Obviously, it's not real, but it feels real. You know, yeah. that that aspect to the situation. And yeah, yeah it, it works and, in and that sense. And aware that you know, yeah, I mean, of course, there's not a real invisible card, duh, but you understand right. why it's there. You know what I mean? It's 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 like that. It's it's something that not many people could do, but fortunately, Dog Lover, his team pull it off can pull it off and yep. they, they have done it here you know um i yeah. can't wait to see what they do with with season three uh you know i just hope that donald just keeps on just getting better better in terms of writing and you know just storytelling and acting as well too i mean to me he could do no wrong in, in my eyes but you know i just want right. season three to be even better than this one here so yeah sky's the limit here but i don't want to go to the point that we have um you know like eight seasons or god forbid we do like a david lynch no yeah this, i don't know i don't know how and then yeah i don't know how long a show like this and then we get the the next season right. you know what i mean no right I, yeah i don't know how long a show like this could go on but again stuff like girls didn't go on that long like stuff to me things like three three four seasons at most is what it could do like yeah. i just have to tell a story and a slice of life now you don't have to go on forever and then at the end then you'll do some time skip and say oh well this is what donald Glover turned out to be this character this is what earn and paperboy are doing now or whatever it is in the future right. uh maybe or maybe not i'm not sure um shows like this don't need to go on more than four seasons in my opinion frankly you know if it and in fact if they tell me three seasons and i'll be happy with something like that because yeah. i want a good solid story and an arc i hate this going on forever bullshit 
Um, uh, yeah, so, I, I agree with you too. You know, at, at some point, then you had to stop, man. But yeah, um, right. for me, this gets a strong four to five. Um, one right. of the best shows of the year, hands down. Just offer that one episode alone, but don't just go in expecting that Teddy Perkins is going to be the only good thing about this 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 season. You know, no. there's so much, no. so much more, yeah, moments, so much Richard. more emotional moments, so much gut punches as well. But you still have that slice of life humor as well. You have that, you know, that African American style of humor as well, and just yeah. great storytelling and direction and acting and just everything overall. So yeah, close right. to perfect for me. Not a ten out of ten for yeah. me at the moment, but you know, I just want this show to just get better and better. So yeah, I can't wait to see what happens next in ETL, man. Right. All right. So last but not least, speaking of Zazi Beats, now you have yeah. to talk about Deadpool Dose. So um, I'll, yeah. I'll just I'll just jump in, right? So Deadpool for me back in 2016. Uh, we, we we covered it um, in one of our early episodes in season one. I think it was, yeah. Uh, we we enjoyed the film for for what it was. Um, eventually, for me, it would grow to be one of my favorite movies. Um, but I'll have to admit, like I'm not the type of person that would put this, you know, as as a top ten movie or like top tier kind of stuff. It came out at a time where superhero films started to get more predictable, and you know, yeah. it's just more saturated. It's like, yeah, we know big trek comes down to earth and hero who we don't really know comes to save the day as though we've seen this shit hundreds of times right and deadpool was a movie that come and say hey let me just do something a little bit different while at the same time proving to studios that hey we can still do r-rated superhero movies folks come on like blade yeah. trinity wasn't the end all of everything let's do something new and then deadpool came and just changed the game right there um, I love the risk that they took with this film. They brought it out yeah. on, on Valentine's Day weekend, which is like the last place you would want to pull out a superhero movie. And it just made a shit ton of money since then. Um, it yeah. made it to my top 10 list for sure. I'm not sure. I can't remember if it made, if it, made it to yours. But it just really yeah. did change the game. It is a true che- um, game changer. Yeah, I, it's a, right. It's a movie, it's a movie I, I really, really liked. I didn't love, but I really, really enjoyed it um, for what it did. Um, yeah, I, it's a, it's a, I was really not expecting this to um, be so like so well fleshed out and well told. In a big movie, in a big budget and, movie, and, and yeah, most movie importantly, made... live up to everything that they say is going to be. Um, be uh, right. raunchy, yes, right. brutal, yes, violent, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. crass, yes, funny, and, everything, and 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 yeah, and then well, congrats to Ryan Reynolds. I mean, the man just fit this like a glove now. I mean, it, course, it's yeah. on par with it's on par with um Robert Downey Jr. as as as, Iron Man, as yeah. Tony Stark, right? Or or um we call him um Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, right? Yeah, you know, it, it just. This is the person you can't see anybody else. Well, I'll, I'll go as far as saying Chris Evans and Steve Rogers, right? Uh, yes, yes. You, can't, you can't imagine everybody else doing your role at this point. Um, Ryan Reynolds was perfect for it. You know, Urell Takeels throughout his career going up, and yeah, he references this <laughs> so many times in these movies. Uh-huh. And yeah, you can't be, ma- I can't be mad at that. And, and yeah, the first Deadpool was excellent. I mean, all yeah, the jokes were. But uh, uh, what what I remember not, not being a big fan of is that look, meta humor is something that really has a short short self life, and. With that film, I really couldn't get myself to watch it a second time because it's one of those things where once you know the joke coming, you don't really care any, anymore. Yeah, That's yeah. It's like, oh, anyway, I remember when, when, when he said, you know, you ask clowns right. what it is. Like, ha you know. Right. But I, I still right. even, even and almost, almost, almost every joke is like that. Once you see it once, it's not a joke you can watch back and laugh at a second time. I thought it was clever. It's like, all right. Yeah. It's more like, hey, clever, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. right. They did it. Um, um, that's and, probably meta humor, right? Yeah. yeah. You're, you're right. You're totally right. Um, and for me, like I, like I said, like, I will not go out of my way to say that this is one of the greatest movies ever made. No. 
for for what it is and for what it's set out to do and how it succeeded, yeah, that's why I see it's a great movie. But there's no way like right. this big masterpiece, you know, like it's not uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier, you know what I mean? But it, 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 it but it's still you know a damn entertaining film, right? Oh uh, yeah, it, it does because uh, another thing is that the villain was a little paper tin, so you don't really care all that much for that. Oh, um, no, I did of... I did like um, the fact that well the actor that he chose, rubber, um, he was in the transporter refuel, which was just so laughable. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, right. laughably yeah. bad. Sorry, rubber. Both of us right. we saw it on my birthday, and we were just I was just laughing <laughs> at how bad it was. Though, I was but, I was, you know. I was incredibly annoyed <laughs> at oh your. Oh my god, that, yeah. that that's at your choice. That boot siege, oh my god, that's, that's hilarious. But yeah. Yeah, but but him being a villain I thought worked you know he was just that snarky evil British villain you know real cookie cutter villain but it worked right but you know most importantly what happened at the very end was that post credit scene because you know the, you know, the audience was expecting that but then he, he did the, the first Beelers day off spoof where it's like what are you guys do, still doing here oh you were expecting yeah. a, 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 a bonus scene no go home yeah. and then it's like oh wait 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 um, we're gonna have a sequel and Cable's gonna be in it but he would right. say that the time we have to cast somebody so they can either Mel Gibson or Dolph Lundgren, somebody, right? Right, and right, right. Two years later, and um, well, we found out who it was. Well, actually, we found out late last year. Cause I think that was when the, the second trailer, the second teaser for um, Deadpool 2 came out, right? So the first one was this great, great master stroke. <laughs> yes, master stroke. I said that. Um, of, a, of a teaser trailer where they, they made fun of um, Bob Ross. Right. Yeah, the painter, right? right? Um, I love yeah. that. And it, it actually... Well, they did, like they I, did a first teaser. They did a first teaser with involving Stanley and the whole, this whole superhero boot thing. I remember that. Okay, well, I, I didn't see that one. I think the first one I saw was, was the Bob Ross spoof thing. But I, right, but I know there right. were lots there were lots of, of like little ads and what. And even when the movie came out, which I'll talk about in a bit, there were some more ads coming out, right? So there was that one, and then the second trailer came out where we saw Cable for the first time, and then they kind of poked fun at the whole CG-ness of him and him. Right, right, right. Yeah. Kind of uber badass kind of character. Um, and then we started getting the, the, the trailers and stuff. Um, very enjoyable. We got to, we, we, we learned that we were going to see the X-Force. Because for one thing, we, we yeah. saw um, Zazie Beats playing Domino. And we're like, okay, right. that's cool. She looked fine and everything. I love that Afro. Yeah. She has a sexy as hell. Um, but I was just wondering... Where is her character coming into play? And then that was when the right. second trailer came out. It's like, oh, we are, we're doing this X-Force thing. All right, that's that's funny. Right. Uh, we've seen Terry Crews here. Uh, we've seen Peter, which is fucking hilarious. I love that. Yeah. Uh, even his Twitter game was on point because I, I, I think he... Like, yeah, yeah. You know, people was just following his Twitter just off of that second right. trailer. But then as the movie, as, as, as the movie was signed there, well, about uh, as the time was was winding down for the movie uh, movie's release, I was like, all right, I really don't want to see anything else. So um, I kind of skipped out the the little clip that they did with him and David Beckham. I actually watched it um, after I watched Deadpool two, and I was like, oh, okay, that that, that that's funny. I, I see what they did there. They even had a really cool one called Ten Years of Deadpool, which is just like the yeah. ten years they developed. <laughs> 10 years basically before they led up to, to um, Deadpool 2, you know, where the studios with Fox was like, no, and you know, it was, it was pretty funny. I really dug that. So yeah, when it comes to marketing, just like in the first, well, for the first movie, yeah, marketing game was on point though. It was on point. Um, but of course, the big question was, was that marketing going to live up to the hype of this movie here? So um, I'll get into a non-spoiler um, synopsis of it, and then you'll get into spoilers here. You've been warned. So basically, sure. it's um, where we continue the, the the adventures of the Merc with a Mouth, Deadpool. Um, so 
while he's doing his business, you know, taking down bad guys, chopping off heads, you know, busting shots into men and whatnot. Uh, he still has his relationship with his girlfriend, Vanessa, played by the right. exquisitely attractive uh, Marina Baccarin. Um, but then something bad happens to her. And then he's kind of compelled now to be like, all right, now I have to, now I really feel the need to work with a team, to work with somebody else. So he takes up Colossus's offer from the first film, which was like, yeah, I want to be an X-Man now. And, you know, he joins it, right? So now he's a trainee with the X-Men. So he's, uh, well, he's tagging along with Colossus yeah. and Negasonic Teenage Warhead. She comes back um, and it's, they, 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 well, as far as, um, developing a character goes is like well she have a girlfriend now um, this really right. cute Asian it's, um, girl yeah it was, I forget the character from the comic name is that character in the comic I forget the yeah, character um, I forget some Yukio or something like that I think that's her name Yukio but is, is she have a, is a, is a character in the comic okay okay right um, yeah but I forget I really forget it is yeah so yeah so he's with the group now and then they, they call to pretty much bring down well we want to call it like a mutant version of a high school shooting basically so it's this right. um, this mutant kid some kind of pudgy kid and he's yeah. called, he calls himself fire fist so yes he has flames that comes out of the fist he has these pyrotechnic um uh, abilities basically and then it's established that you know well where he was at it was this this kind of um it's something similar to the xavier school for gifted um it, well right is um basically. is the sx i think it's the sx school nice um mr sinister thing. oh right 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 which he hinted at at the end of um that last X-Men movie, which I kind of... Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Right. So, and we learned that he was treated, yeah, he was tortured there, you know, because he has powers now. So he was just kind of rebelling. He was just kind of taking it out on, you know, the people who work there. Um, and then one thing we see next, and Deadpool and him are taken into the special prison, which you call the Icebox. Yeah. So it's a special prison for, for mutants and whatnot. And then while all this is going on, we are introduced to Cable, played by Josh Brolin, who's having a hell of a time this year. I mean, you know, I mean, Infinity War, then Deadpool 2, yeah. and later on, he's going to be in Sicario 2. So, wow. Three right. movies in, bro. Yeah, yeah, well yeah. You didn't sell that, oh, yeah. Well right. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, he comes from the, well, yes, he is this, well, just like in the comics and from the X Men TV show and whatnot, he is a soldier from the future. Um, his family was killed. And apparently, the, the the source of well, the, the cause of that of his family uh, being killed was that kid. So that kid grew yeah, up right. to eventually kill Cable's family. So he's like, uh, right. no, I have this time traveling device. I'm gonna use this to go back to the past. I'm gonna kill this kid. So Deadpool, you know, kind of uh, finds out about that. So now he's he has to do what he can to to pretty much save this kid. And of course, he just relies on his own X Men. Cause just like, well, you know what? Well, Colossus kicked me out because of the shenanigans that happened with me trying to apprehend Fire Fist. So I had to form my own group. I had to form, I had to form the X Force because we can't be, we, we had to be politically correct now. You know what I mean? We can't be X Men anymore. I mean, it's 2018, right? right? And that's all I will see in terms of of, of, of synopsis. Uh, but Ricardo, what are you talking about? What are you talking about Deadpool too? In general, I enjoyed it, but I didn't like it anywhere near as much as the first one. Yeah. Um, don't hate it. You know, it's still pretty funny. It, in fact, in some ways, it's a little more inside baseball than the first one. Um, less accessible, I'd admit, but um, still works. A lot of it still works. I, I, I was still, I'm gonna put it like this. I was, I was. The plot was because the plot was so thin. It just rely on entirely on the, on the meta humor. And this is the problem. The problem in meta humor is that not only is it that individual jokes in meta humor has a short shelf life, but meta humor itself has a short shelf life because it's, it's, it's a style of humor that is 
like invite you having to like um ramp things up and make things more edgy and more you know cutting edge yeah and yeah you don't really you don't they really didn't do that in this um so i didn't I, again i didn't hate it my stretch imagination but and I, I had a lot of fun with this great had a lot of genuinely great jewels but a lot of it just kind of fell flat i mean I, i'll put it like this i mean it's just that it just had to up the ante in terms of the jokes and they didn't really do that here um but there were a lot of genuinely funny moments um so I don't know. I, uh, it's good, but then when they do some of the jokes really, really well, it's like, all right, well, this gets some points for that. But right. as a general plot itself, it didn't really work all that much for me. Like I get what they're trying to go for with the whole family thing and the whole the you know he do he didn't give up on the boy and whatnot, whatnot, and that kind of worked. But because the jokes, the story itself was undermined because they had to do all these extended jokes that hurt it. Right. Like it had some some scenes that were switch around because they had to do an extended joke. You know, and that was kind of a problem for me. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot of humor went too long. I had to drop a lot of that. Um, some of the jokes just felt flat as hell. Like they had this um, with this dubstep joke. This was just shit. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, then they played that that, 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 that that equally yeah. annoying dubstep song. Yeah. Right. I, I, I didn't work. I, I, I know, it, it, the song so dated. I can't remember the name of it. That's thing. But the whole dubstep, the old dubstep premise, the old dubstep premise dated. Like the idea of so applying dubstep to this. Like I get it. Why you're making fun of dubstep, but dubstep so old now is like whatever. Yeah. And, um, and then and then they had the audacity to, to have the to have the joke again. And he saw yeah, they did it again. twice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They did it twice. Yeah. So it's like all right, well, enough. But then some jokes worked really, really well. Um, and some of the the, the stuff worked quite well. They had some. Great X Men references that like holy oh, shit! I was seen at the mansion. Yes, yes. So I had a scene at the mansion that had me st- in stitches, Joe. Because yeah, it, I mean that, that, was that was so perfectly I timed. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so perfectly timed. And the whole thing what they did with the X Force, I liked. I thought that was funny. We're in spoilers moment, right? We're in spoilers yeah, territory. Yeah, we, we will get to that. I was, right. I was about to say, but yeah, yeah, you, you call it. But yeah, the stuff that right. they do with the X Force. Right, I thought that was well done. Um, I you, can, you saw it coming a mile away. But uh, um, I, I I was kind of hoping that they actually would have survived, but then it's like no, right. like no, no, yeah. Them I, went, I, I, and I was just like, I knew they was gonna wow, do that joke, and I, I knew they saw it coming out my line. And then because of Domino, you know, she literally has plot armor <laughs> in yes. the story. Yes, right. I, I thought they did that quite well in that that whole that whole business. Uh, what I liked about her is that she was a nice middle ground between playing a straight man character and being a funny character because she's genuinely a funny character. Right, she's not, it's not like she's a straight deadly person, but she's still mean business, and but she's not over the top meta humor like Deadpool. Right, and, and that's why this guy, yeah. right, and that's why this work. And that, that's the thing with X Force. X Force is a comic. X Force is just a funny comic. It's not a meta comic and over the top trying to be edgy, you know, weird, over the top meta meta funny. But right. it's just a genuinely clever comic in its own right. You know, it, it subverts um, X Men in very very clever and well done ways. But at the same time, it's not overly serious. It takes itself too seriously. Okay. A nice balance. I, nice I, balance. I see. Not- I've never read a, a, an a issue of X Force before, so all this was right. new to me. Right. And then, well, all of those characters that in the whole X-Force thing, those characters are X-Force characters. That's why, sh- that's why, even though I saw the bit coming out my way, I was still I was still a little shocked with what they did with it. But it was still yeah. well done. Yeah, but um, what I like about it is just kind of like the big middle finger to to everybody who was expected, this this Avengers team-up kind of thing, basically. So it's like, right. uh, nope, you're not going to get that. Sorry, this is dead. No. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And then they, they, they straight up, uh, and any moments I enjoy is that they wear the real straight up shit on the DC universe. Like, like jeez, man. Yeah, boy. It's a brutal goddamn jokes. Like, nah, man. I, like, I know it was coming, but nah, at the same time, like, way. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> so, just so, dry so. Um, a couple things I thought they would have do more. Like, okay, so I didn't think they would have cut out that fella because of all the shenanigans that he in the real world. But I really thought they would have make reference to that. 
but they just kind of just trim him down as much as they could in the movie, Jared. Like, um, what do you call him? Or TJ Miller. That fella from TJ Miller, right? Yeah. Um, it's a little I, bit of controversy I going on. Well, I, I wasn't really thinking about the controversy all that much, but I was kind of glad right. that he wasn't there that much. Uh, in, in the film that yeah. much. Um, he even right. had a bit where he did the whole avocado. He was about to do the whole avocado bit again, if you remember from the last film. Right. Yeah, he was right, like an avocado that had sex with the avocado, right. blah, 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 blah. Right, right. Yeah. He did some close um, it, but it wasn't as yeah, funny right. as, as that one. To and they trim, they trim a lot of that down. Um, another thing I liked uh, that they did is they straight up did a bit from from Rick and Morty that I remember. And it's the exact same kind of bit, but it's so funny how they do it in this one. It, but, uh, so, oh, I know what you're talking uh, about. I know what you're talking about. Right. The, the, the mid-credit scene, the, which we will not spoil here. No, not the mid-credit scene. Not the mid-credit scene. Not the mid-credit scene. It's a scene in the movie. Um, this is the basic instinct reference episode. Oh, it's yes, section. yes, 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 yes. That little I, section. I, I didn't realize it was referencing Rick and Morty. I was like, oh, that's basic instinct. No, they're, oh. they're not referencing Rick and Morty, but it's a joke that is very similar to something in Rick and Morty. All right, I see, I see. Because of the, because of the sheer zeniness of it. Yeah. Um, when I saw it, I immediately thought of this joke. I was like, all right. Because it's an episode called the, basically the, the interdimensional cable episode. So there's an episode called interdimensional cable in Rick and Morty. And it's very, very similar to what they did in one of those bits. It's because it's just these real, you know, a stream of consciousness kind of humor now. Everything that's arbitrary and you can do what you want now. Right. And the, the way you call it, I forget what it's called, a channel 101 or whatever it is now. And that bit in this was really, really well done because they do it the exact same way. Uh, but it's, it's very similar in terms of like the, the visual gag involved now. And then they do a whole basic instinct bit as well, which I swear, I don't know if our cinema cut it. But that cut way too fast for me to think it was a funny bit because I thought they would do the whole thing now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I think it's intentional, that, that cut. Right, right. Well, when I, uh, yeah, well, I think that was how it was in the, in the film right. itself, right? But anyway. Right, right. But it make it work, a funny scene, it works in the, the whole thing, and then everything kind of comes together. The action itself was kind of meh, nothing special. Um, the whole stuff with Domino and what she was doing was kind of cool, but, you know, again, nothing special. It's just... Just okay action sequences. Yeah. Um, and that's about it. I mean, it, it didn't do all that it should have done. It subvert more the material. Yes, it's more clever in some ways. Like, if you know where to look and if you know how to dig deep in terms of X-Men lore, Deadpool lore, and being a, a super Deadpool fan, which I'm not, but I, I knew what to look for, um, it's better in some ways. Like, some people find it's better than the first one, but this was just too inaccessible and too inside baseball for me to enjoy, frankly. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm aware of it being inside baseball, I don't appreciate inside baseball all that much. Right, it, it's it, I, you know some people like to be inside baseball and like oh well I know this joke and you do get it like you know people have that tribalism and that territorialism to the humor right. I don't have and I just felt like well you just have this joke going on too long and it's not that funny to me anyway because it's 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 entirely dependent on being inside baseball and I don't like that frankly whatever yeah all right well well for me this was this was like you know Ryan Reynolds and his team trying to capture lightning again in that bottle. Right. And they didn't get through. They 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 actually failed at it, right? Because yeah, like I said, the first one, you know, just surprised many people. People didn't expect it to be that good. Now. So it's only so far you could go with this. And not like they didn't try anything new. They did a lot of uh, new things. You know, most of it worked. Uh, for one thing, the X Force him working with a team. Um, secondly, you know, the inclusion of Domino, who I thought was uh, great. I, I I love her her moments in, on film, even though she wasn't there too too. Well, I would say she wasn't there too much, but I, I felt that she could have been there a little bit more, in my opinion. Um, they do kind of dial back at on um, T.J. Miller's character. You do see a little bit more of the of the Indian 
cab driver forgetting his name at the moment. Right. Um, I, I thought I thought his whole thing was just so unfunny. Like he didn't work at all. Um, it, 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 to me, he, it, we, it, we just kind of felt I, like I, they I, just wanted to give him something to do now. It's like, yeah, hey, no, remember, that, that, remember back everything. then with this guy? That, yeah, every you know, scene. Right. Yeah. But the whole here, he wanted to be assassin. I know he's trying to be a badass this time. I thought that should just fall flat as hell. I, that wasn't funny at all, Jared. Like, I just blocked out of my mind, Jared. Right. Um, yeah. Somebody else who I was a little disappointed by the fact that we didn't see enough of um, Brianna Hildebrand, who played um, Negasonic Teenage Warhead. She was right, yeah. I thought we would get more, more food, did, yeah. like, one thing in yeah. the film, and that was it. Um, yeah, but, yeah. But, but, to me, though, but to me, one of the biggest disappointments. Um, although I get that it was to move the story along, but I was just like, yeah, why did they do that for, Jared? Why, why, why did they kill McGill Vanessa for, mate? Why, 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 right, well, why, 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 like right cool because i remember colossus and the old x-men movies and that was like some bullshit just a guy some white american dude who was some guy yeah there's a guy that just have him glowing 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 metal and look like shit yeah I'm like all right brian singer you fuck this up although, uh, but although this, i love x2 but that colossus nah. there no didn't work. yeah yeah failure colossus and it is they got colossus right and then in this movie they got juggernaut right like yes. holy shit! The Juggernaut is in this in movie. A huge twist, in my opinion. Yeah, big reveal. We 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 great reveal. Juggernaut boy, and I was like, well, yeah, good. great. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Ah, uh, yeah. Juggernaut is a goddamn cool character. Easily one of the best Marvel characters, in my opinion. Of um, and I hate and, 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 what they do with in the last stand. Yeah, X three, X three, total nonsense. Vinny James. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, I love him. I love him in Snatcher, but but not right, 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 right. Not as Juggernaut. Yeah, that's terrible. No. And it, it was just a big guy who have muscles, and he he, he where does he have more? They, they, instead of doing the size thing, they have him as well. He have momentum. Yeah. Like fuck you, though. Like no, it's more than momentum. It's just the guy huge. Juggernaut was be a big dude. Yeah, yeah. And and they get it right. I, I love what they did with Juggernaut to this. It's yeah. so so. Um, also, what, like, also like the fact that he didn't take away from the majority of the film. Like it's not about no, Juggernaut. No, no, no. It's, like it's not about the side characters. It's really about Deadpool's journey. And for the most yeah. part, I I do like what they do here, what they, what they did with his um, character arc. Um, I did right. feel like the set pieces themselves, like let me, like for example, the intro, right? Like we have this montage of him going to different countries and just killing off gangsters, right? And it looked cool in the trailer, and I felt that they would have expanded on it in the within the the um the the actual story itself. But to have it right. put together in a montage was like. Okay, so all of this was just to show one guy that you're trying to get, and yeah, that one guy kind of led to what happened to Vanessa, unfortunately. But like, when you think about it, was there a need to show um, Deadpool in Hong Kong killing these guys, in Tokyo killing these guys, right? In Biloxi killing these guys? It just kind of felt yeah, like, all... like like fluff, you know what I mean? Like we just had a right, yeah. real badass intro. Let's do this, right? Which is funny because yeah. when you actually get the title credits, which I praise because I love the title credits. Right, here. James, James Bond, yeah. Yeah, the James Bond parody. And just having right, that, yeah. that Celine Dion song in the background. Nah, right. brilliant. Stroke of genius, yeah. right? And 
Yeah, I mean, the, the, the video for, for the Celine Dion song, I forget the name of it, was great, by the way. But I was wondering where this song is going to tie into the to the actual movie. And then what happens right. with, with Vanessa, and then they jump in these songs, like, oh, now it makes yeah. sense. And then having that intro right. was just genius, in my opinion. But yeah, just yeah. the, the build-up to it made no sense. It could have been a lot sharp a little simpler in my opinion and this to me was like the biggest problem of the whole of this movie here it's like yes the first one was simple it was straightforward yes it was right. it was different in terms of how it told its story okay you had your flashbacks to when he became deadpool and when he first met vanessa so the narrative structure was a little unique but you know it worked right it was different right but then yeah. here because they have a slightly bigger budget they could do more but with more you get set pieces which I felt kind of were out of place like they didn't really add up to anything like like for one too thing many, right. too many things service jokes more than the structure of the story and yeah, I hated yeah, that yeah 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 like for one thing okay the, the, the scene where we first meet Fire, uh, Fire Fist okay that's cool but the whole extended sequence with them in jail like and I was still I was thinking okay this is going to make up like up to like the middle point of the of the second act and then you know, probably lead on to something else, but it just kind of happened, and then like 10 minutes later, they're free, and now we're going to get to the X-Force joke, and then the X-Force thing happened, right. and then we have to get to yeah. this next scene, and then this next thing happens. So these scenes themselves, the way how they structured, didn't really, like, yeah, add up, yeah. you know? it's just like, well, yeah. we need uh, we need to get from point A to point C quick, so what are you going to use for point B? Hmm, I don't know. How about a jail that... Right. Sorry. How about a jail for mutants that we just mentioned, but we never bring back up again? And oh, right. maybe we'll just bring in a cameo. We'll bring in a character that nobody expect. Maybe this is how right. we bring in the juggernaut. Okay, well, let's try that. Let's see how it works. And right. it just kind of felt really out of place. Though. Just a bunch of scenes strung together, but no right. real thing tying them, tying them together. Um, but you know, as far as good goes, I mean, Ryan Reynolds kills it once again as Deadpool. I mean, he is Deadpool. I mean, let's get out of the way. Even when, you know, even in scenes which I say don't really fit that well. He still stands out like a he do. He still stands out amongst the crowd. Um, the X Force scenes I thought were brilliant as well. What they do to the X Force, which I will not spoil, had me in stitches. Though I thought that was that was great. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just glad that Domino was there. You know, Domino kind of you know um, level things out there. That that that's all I would say, right? Um, but I thought that the moments that she was there, even though they weren't too much of them, unfortunately, I thought that she was great. And I would love to to see her in 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 you know future x-men movies that's all i'll say um right another gripe that i have with the show is that there wasn't really like a real villain to see it's not the the guy who runs the school where fire fist was in it's not really cable because they kind of do a batman v superman thing where it's like oh he's yeah. a villain now but later on he's a hero hey and now we're gonna team up to fight fire fist who was there all the time and now you want to make him into the bad guy but then they kind of do this, please don't do it, don't do it, kind of thing. I just kind of felt a little too, like, you know, afternoon special kind of vibe, you know what I mean? Like, don't do it, don't make that decision, man. You know, you, you know, you know, it's like you're talking to the person, you're talking to the kid. And yes, I understand the kid, you know, going through issues and he's young. All right, cool. But I didn't really feel that much of a big threat no, at the end of the day. He, he didn't come off like the last villain from the, the first movie where it's like, oh shit, if you don't stop this guy, then x is going to die. This one is like, okay, well, if you talk him out of it, then we won't have a Days of Future Past scenario, right? 
And right. then eventually this kind of happens, and you do this little time travel thing, which was cool. Right. But then at the so, end, so I hated. Here's what I hated about that, right? You talk and know to find... this guy, and that's it. The end. You know, yeah. no real that, big that... stakes now. Yeah, exactly. That's what I hated about it too. Is that all right? So he, why why I thought they would do it? It is that they would have Deadpool be saved, like storytelling wise, Deadpool would have been saved, and then you learn. Oh, Cable went back in time, so you learn that before. You should learn that before instead of after, no? And I hated yeah, that yeah, they had to okay. go through this long extended joke of Deadpool not di- dying, but not dying. That bullshit. And yeah, I was, like, that I, shit I, was like so I was, I was getting Joker, but it just right. went on and on. Went on like, and okay, on, yeah. Just, it just extended just stop, joke. Please, just stop. Just stop. Yeah. Okay, move on. Right. Yeah. And I had a huge problem with a lot of that. So it's like, Logan, you could have just do the coin thing before and had it work out after after the fact now. Yeah. And make it work. It'd be, it'd be better. Wherever. Because I know they have to do some time travel shit. Even with the coin thing, sorry, I thought they could have hinted that a lot smarter. It was just like an right. after, like, oh shit, remember that coin that didn't really mean anything? Okay, now we're exactly. gonna make, now we're gonna make it mean something because we show it here twice in the movie. So here's the coin again. Right. This is what what what, right. what the point of it was. Um, what right. else? The the action sequences were enjoyable, but I felt yeah. like in terms of execution wise, the first one did it a lot better. The way how it, um, those scenes in the first film were cut uh, worked better. Uh, the CG yeah. was a lot better in the first one, even though they had a limited budget. And it's kind of funny, though, because they have a bigger budget in the second movie, but some of these CG doesn't really work all that well. Like, there was one scene, literally, with um, Deadpool on top of uh, of Juggernaut that looked terrible. There was right. one scene where it was, like, the slow-mo shot, and you see in the background where um, Juggernaut literally held um, Cable and threw him down. That looked terrible. Um, the fight scene between the uh, between Juggernaut and and um, and Colossus looked kind of cool, but there were a couple of moments yeah. like, yeah, that that they, they could have tweaked that a lot better. Um, well, but like, yeah, I mean, actual sequences wise, they were they were decent, but they they weren't as like gloriously bloody over the top like the last one. But at least they try. At least they try to to keep that same spirit. Um, the music. Uh, Tyler Beats does the music here. I mean, uh, Tony score was okay. But I kind of enjoyed Junkie XL's music that he did for the last one. It had this kind of right. 80s kind of synth vibe. And I swear the man was was taking reference from um, Michael Jackson's Beat It. Okay, doing the intro that... Doom, 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 yeah, right? yeah. And he was hearing that through all the action sequences. And I was like, alright. Again, a kind of 80s action movie vibe, which is kind of like what they were going for in the first movie. Now. But here it's just like... Your typical superhero music that you get here um but yeah uh last floor really is just the the storytelling itself like i said before not just these scenes being strung together but just like okay you, like you just kind of need a reason for 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 deadpool to, to to form his own team and you know it's just kind of like by the numbers in my opinion um also even to the climax itself which i felt was kind of underwhelming because at the end there was, was really like a big villain there wasn't really any big stakes it's just yeah exactly. talk to this kid yeah. the kid wouldn't do it and that's it so i don't know like i kind of came out of it feeling like like okay like i think uh a few episodes ago we mentioned how um how um donald glover himself wanted to do a t- uh, uh animated series for fx for fx sorry for deadpool like this, right. especially the way how the climax was, it felt like an episode. It felt like an episode of of Deadpool, not like a movie, like a real movie where you know all bets are off and you know the, the stakes are high in this one. 
these stakes were rather small though you know what i mean and for something so big and you know especially with you going into a sequel these stakes these stakes could have been a lot higher than just talking a kid out of making a wrong decision you know what i mean right but, you know for what's worth i didn't hate the show i mean it is better in some ways than the first one but i won't say it is completely better than the first one i think the first one still stands out but with this one here i thought that they you know they at least they made an effort to to, to you know to, to arm things up um but it didn't really work out completely well like i said before it just felt like they was just kind of trying to capture lightning in that bottle again but just it just didn't work out um right and it's not to say that they can't make more movies, you know, because I know this movie's going to make a ton of money anyway. But I feel that, like, personally, I think they should just do one more movie and just kind of cut things off. Well, I don't think we'll get a, I don't we'll get an extra Deadpool movie necessarily. Um, yeah. But I feel we'll do the X-Force thing and then call that X-Force as it is. That actually could work, though, to be honest. That, that actually could work, come to think right. of it. Uh, what was going to say? But yeah, um, I mean, if they have a Deadpool 3, they could just stop it there. But as far as I concerned, the way how that mid credit scene played out, that could be the end of, of Deadpool right there. And then you could have your spin-offs from there. You know, just the way how it ends as over the top and as kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it kind of breaks up the logic of the film and the timeline and whatnot, but it doesn't matter. It's all for jokes, but that could just be the end of, of you know, that just that Deadpool franchise right there. But you know how it yeah. is, you know, 20th Century Fox have a goal mine right now. So the last thing you want to do is just kind of end things right there. So you know they're going to have more. But I do agree with you, Ricardo. They could do an X-Force, like do a new X-Force and bring back Domino because I thought that she was like one of the best things in the movie anyway. And yeah, you know, just move on from there. Have the further adventures of Negasonic, Teenage Warhead, and Colossus and whatnot. See more X Men, and just continue the whole Dead uh, Deadpool brand of humor, but just with more characters. Yeah. Uh, right. But forward to it, rating wise, I'll just jump into the ratings one time. Um, I will give this a very, very light four out of five stars. It's still worth checking out on big screen. You'll still have fun with it. You know, buy a big bag of popcorn, buy a drink. You you know you'll you'll enjoy the humor. You'll enjoy the action, but. In no ways would I say it's better than the original one. Some people say it is. I don't think so, to be honest. I think this is a step down from the first one. But, you know, it's one of those movies, like, if it came in a combo pack, like on Blu-ray or whatever, I'd buy it. I'd buy Deadpool 1 yeah. and 2. It's, it's kind of like that. I wouldn't buy Deadpool 2 separate unless I have Deadpool 1. That's the best way I could describe it. But, yeah. For right. me, very light 4 to 5 stars. Yeah, for me, I get this one. I don't know. I give it a... <laughs> I think the last one I gave, what, uh, I forget what I gave I think, the last I one, but I gave, gave this it, one. A, I'm not sure if you give it an IMAX. I'm not too sure. I think it was I gave IMAX it a very low IMAX, I think. Right. Probably that, yeah, yeah. Right, I gave this one a, a, just a straight movie tongue. I was going to get a low movie tongue, but then because of the mid credit sequence and how clever that was, um, it, it, it bumped it up to a movie tongue, which is about a 6 out of 10. It's fine. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. All right. All right. So, with all that being said, Ricardo, where can we find you online? I'm Passat, R-M-E-D-D-Y, that is at R-M-E-D-D-Y on Twitter. And then you can just type in Ricardo Medina on Facebook and you find me there. All right, you can also find me on Twitter. Just look for Legally Black MJB, MJB in capital letters. You can also find me on Facebook. Just look for my name, Match Media, along with a Legally Black blog, official fan base, where you find the link to this podcast here, as well as the others we've done before. And also, um, you can find me on Instagram at the moment. It's called Match Media Reviews. So you, know, you can check that out. You can see me put up like pictures about movies and when new episodes of Bears Beta Bailey are out. So you can check those stuff there. Uh, stuff to look forward to. Uh, we mentioned this before. Solo. 
Um, yeah. I have low expectations for this one because once again, it's like uh, uh, yeah, really, like the trailer, really but yeah, low expectations and 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 all that, all that, all that hate that that last year I get. I ain't sure how how Disney going to play this going forward. Yeah, you'll see. But I know. I, I, I call it no last Jedi gonna be so much better than Solo, but I just wanna be entertained by Solo. Um right. I want to see I'm really curious to see Don Glover's interpretation of um Lando Clarissian, you know. Yeah. Um, I wanna see young Chewie not really so keen on seeing young Han Solo. But I hope that that guy who's playing young Han Solo actually do a great job with really honestly yeah. characters, not not phoning at home basically. Um and also last but not least, um well, actually, it came out last night at the time it was recording while everybody was all about um, was all about um, the, the royal wedding. And wedding. I was just thinking about Deadpool 2 and what worked and what didn't work. Uh, HBO's Fahrenheit 451 came out. Right, okay. Yeah. I heard about that. I, didn't, I heard it had a Midland score, um, so I didn't really get... I wasn't too hyped to go and see it immediately, oh, but, um, uh, frankly, um, but whatever. We'll talk about it. Yeah, but just off of that first trailer alone, I'm curious to see it. Um, right. And of course, it's Michael B. Jordan. So Michael B. Jordan right. and Michael Shannon. So I just want to see. Right. And then we got we got the there. trailer for, and then we got the trailer for. Um, well, a couple other shows just started back. So I'm not taking note. Krypton is almost wrapping up. Flash is gonna wrap up. Yes, just yes, now. Yes. Um, our our is gonna wrap well up soon. Too, not not bad. Right. Actually, so we'll talk about say. all of those all yeah. of those finales. Um, then we got the trailer for this thing. Um, for bohemian rhapsody that's which look surprisingly better than expected yes yes I mean, uh, rami malik too the man, the man yeah have it done, yeah yeah have it yeah yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. So. um also we well in terms of trailers i forgot to mention we saw spike lee's black Klansman. yes looks that looks looks really really quite well done now uh, we'd like to see how, how we'll do that you know trinidad yeah those skimp out on 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 spike lee joints but yeah honestly a good solid movie on that yeah bring this on right yeah and yeah, that's pretty much about it. So once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever this is. So it's Matthew Bailey and Ricardo Medina. And we are signing off from another episode of BSB to So until the next one, take care. Peace.